Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's do this. Another day, another dollar, another edition of The Drive. You're listening to The Drive on 6th and Sports Radio, 6thandsports.com, and the Odyssey app. My name is Carrington Harrison. Excited to be here with you to recap the very exciting game yesterday between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. Boy, do we have a lot to get into regarding that game. A lot of you hit me up after the game and said, Hey, Carrington, can you pull audio? We want to hear Bills fans. You know we got you over the course of the next four hours. It's always the Chiefs at home now. Come on. We have news post-game. We've got national reaction. We've got tweets. We've got Reddit posts. We have compiled the most heartbroken Buffalo Bills fans to bring to you over the course of the next four hours. We will be joined by Mitch Holtz in the 4 o'clock hour. Patrick Mahomes usually joins the show on Monday. He will be on the show Wednesday before the AFC championship game against the Baltimore Ravens. Just wanted to let you know that Patrick Mahomes will not be on the show today. He will be on the show Wednesday as we get you ready for another AFC championship game, this time on the road against the Baltimore Ravens. We got a lot to get into, as you would imagine, over the course of the next four hours. But before we do any of that, well, hit it, Rob. First things first, Carrington's Pizza Time on the drive. Dial me up right now. Call number six wins a pizza from our friends over at Pizza Tasio. 913-586-7610. Pizza Tasio is Kansas's best New York style pizza, and they've taken over the town. They lovingly use 100% whole milk mozzarella, all organic tomato sauce, with locally grown fresh ingredients, all made by KC guys who both know and love pizza. So whether it's one of a few slices or if in the mood for the whole pie, be sure to visit them now at Pizza. Pizzatasio.com. That's pizza, T-A-S-C-I-O.com. I need you guys to do me a couple of favors. Number one, I need you listening to the drive each day at 2 o'clock. Number two, I need you to tell one friend. You don't got to tell two friends. I need you to tell one friend that if they want some of the best pizza and also some of the best playoff coverage in Kansas City, that you would keep it locked in right here on 610 Sports Radio. How I would like to start today's show is by telling you guys this. I think that we have seen enough in life that there is a difference between being rich and being wealthy. You certainly can live a very comfortable life by being rich. 
I'm sure that we all know somebody who is rich, but we also see that there are levels to it and that there are some people who are rich and that there are some people who are wealthy. We also know that there are some people that are popular and then there are some people that are famous. Like there is a difference in those two things. I believe that the Buffalo Bills have a really talented quarterback. Josh Allen will probably go to the Hall of Fame one day. He made some throws yesterday that were magnificent. That touchdown throw to Shaquille was a incredible throw that not many human beings in the world have the ability to make. The way that he runs the football, how physical of a runner he is, how he can improvise on the fly. Josh Allen is incredible. There is a difference between being a great quarterback and an all-time quarterback. There is a difference in being the second best quarterback in the league and maybe the most talented quarterback that we have ever seen in the history of the National Football League. The Buffalo Bills had multiple opportunities to win that game yesterday. This is not me taking anything away from the Kansas City Chiefs. The Buffalo Bills had multiple chances to win that game yesterday. The Kansas City Chiefs scored their last points of the game at the 14-minute mark in the fourth quarter. They did not score a single other point. The Chiefs kick off the ball to the Buffalo Bills. Hey, you've got the Chiefs almost right where you want them. It's not ideal. You're behind in this game, but you put a drive together and you can beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, Buffalo went three and out. And for some ungodly reason, Buffalo tried a fake punt on fourth and five with DeMar Hamlin. I didn't even know he was active. You got stopped. You got three plays in. You got seven yards in three plays. You just punt. Hey, you concede. You know what? Hey, we're going to live to play another series. You tried a fake punt with your super backup safety. Didn't work. All right, you know what? Now the Chiefs get the ball right on their side of the field. We're all thinking the same thing. This is the drive in which Kansas City shuts the door. You had your opportunity maybe to knock Kansas City out. You missed that opportunity, and now they're about to knock you out. The Chiefs score a touchdown on that next drive. They go up 10 points with less than eight minutes to go. We are all thinking the exact same thing. Ball game, curtains, grand opening, grand closing. Well, you guys know what happened with McCall Hartman. I don't want to talk about it yet. I'm being positive. I don't want to talk about the McCall Hartman fumble. Josh Allen then gets another opportunity to go win the game. He had another chance. This is what you wanted. You wanted the Chiefs at home. You've been waiting five years for this. Buffalo went three and out. (laughs) They went three and out. There is a difference between being a great quarterback and an all-time quarterback. One team has a great quarterback. The other team has an all-time quarterback. One of the greatest players to ever play in the history of the National Football League. We see that in these matchups. You know what? Buffalo's defense holds the Chiefs to a punt. Hold on. Wait. You're telling me that Buffalo gets another opportunity to go down the field and potentially beat the Kansas City Chiefs? This is what you wanted. You got people on the edge of their seats clapping, cheering, trying to give the Buffalo Bills all the energy in the world that they needed. 
First off, Josh Allen fumbled on the drive. He tried to turn it over. I have been telling you guys all week, hey, Josh is going to give you one. Josh is going to give you one. You just got to sit back. He turns it over the second most in the NFL this year behind Sam Howe. He will give you one opportunity. He tried to turn the ball over. All right, you know, football happened. Chiefs don't land on it. Buffalo continues to get an opportunity. The football gods gave Buffalo every opportunity to go win this game. They then have first down. They have first down with less than three minutes to go. All right. They are on the Kansas City 27-yard line. You might be a little worried at home. Hey, what's going to happen in this scenario? Are they going to score? Is Mahomes going to have to take us down the field? Well, Rob, after that first and 10 from the 27-yard line, Buffalo got one more yard and had to rely in not favorable conditions on a kicker who missed two kicks last week to kick a 44-yard field goal. You guys know what happened. He missed. Buffalo had three opportunities to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, just like they had 60 minutes to beat Kansas City in their last postseason game, and the game went to overtime. There is a difference between having a good quarterback and an all-time quarterback. Josh Allen, you could argue that he has played his best two games as an NFL player against Patrick Mahomes. He was magnificent in Arrowhead in the 13th second game. He was great yesterday. Threw for 200 yards, threw a great touchdown, had 75 yards rushing, two touchdowns, didn't turn the football over. Josh Allen played about as well as I think Josh Allen could play. The problem is he has to go up against Patrick Mahomes, who is just different. There is a difference between being rich and wealthy. There is a difference between being a great player and an all-time player. And Buffalo's great player continues to run into Kansas City's all-time player, and he just can't beat him. For all the conversation that we have about Brady and Manning, Peyton Manning lost to the New England Patriots the first six times that he went up against them. As much as we romanticize that rivalry between those two teams, it wasn't really a rivalry. One team won a majority of those matchups. That's what keeps happening. Buffalo will put up good games. It'll be great. I'm sure we'll see the ratings and 50 million people watched it and Taylor's there and Jason Kelsey is taking off his shirt and screaming. It was an incredible football game yesterday. Josh Allen has not won one of those in his entire career. Not a one. He has not had a memorable game, a memorable comeback, a memorable victory in five years of being the starting quarterback for the Buffalo Bills and winning those kind of games is routine for your quarterback. All week, I was hammering the drum about turnover differential and turnover margin and how important it is and how if Kansas City doesn't turn the football over, how they are incredibly difficult to beat. They had a turnover in this game, but it didn't come from Patrick Mahomes. Rob, Patrick Mahomes has not thrown an interception in 164 straight postseason passes. In five games, the last interception he threw was in the second half, was an overtime of the AFC Championship game. They have played five postseason games since then. He has not thrown an interception in any of those games. They won all five of those games. Sports are simple, man. Sometimes the other team has Michael Jordan on their team, and you can do everything in your power. Hey, we got Reggie Miller. Hey, we got Patrick. We got all-time greats. There's levels to this. 
Hey, our quarterback played well. He didn't turn the football over. There's levels to this. This is a game that will haunt Buffalo for the remainder of their lives. You had Kansas City potentially on the ropes. You had chances to win it. Your quarterback didn't turn the ball over. You played about as well as I think Buffalo can play and is what has been a theme for Buffalo. They can never get over the hump of the Kansas City Chiefs. I think that Rasheed Rice can say it quite better than I can. Listen to this. Quarterback against quarterback game. Pats now 3-0 against Josh in the postseason. What does that say about what quarterback? What do you think about that? He's better than Josh. <laughs> like. It's that simple. <laughs> it's that simple. One team has maybe the most talented quarterback that we have ever seen. The other team just has a good quarterback. And I think we see in these matchups each and every time that there is a difference. An all-time quarterback scores on one of those three possessions. A great quarterback can get you in the opportunity. Maybe you'll score sometimes, but Josh Allen has been unable to get over that hump in his career, and that's why he continues to come in second place for a second-place organization. You were second place for all of the 90s. You were second place behind Tom Brady for all of the 2000s and all of the 2010s. And now that we are in the uh, now we're in the 2020s, you are constantly second place to the Kansas City Chiefs. You know what? This game just wasn't about Patrick Mahomes or Travis Kelsey or Isaiah Pacheco. Rob, there were some other guys that stepped up, some X-Factor guys that step up. I want to celebrate them early on in the show. We'll do that coming up on the other side. Keep it right here. It's the drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Kansas City, it's Isaiah Pacheco. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. I know you guys are waiting. And trust me, we will get to it coming up in about 10 minutes. I want to make sure that we show the proper amount of respect to the others. This was not just the Isaiah Pacheco, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey show. A lot of people contributed. A lot of people stepped up and helped Kansas City go on the road and win this playoff game. I want to make sure that they get their flowers as well. Oh, don't worry. We have, we probably have an hour of sad Bills content that we have been cooking up over the course of this morning. So if you guys want to hear some Bills tears, oh, we got them. It's always the Chiefs at home now? Come on. I mean, if you want Bills tears, trust me, we got them. Sean McDermott is scared of of, of Andy Reid and his, and, his, and, and, and the Kansas City Chiefs. So this is what we're going to do. I want to pay respects to the other players that helped stepped up and make this win possible. And then we'll get to the Buffalo tears coming up in about 10 minutes. Rob hit me with some music. You know who I want to give my first set of flowers to. You want to know who led the chiefs in receiving. Travis Kelsey, five catches, 75 yards, two touchdowns. You want to know who was second on the Chiefs in receiving in this game? No, it was not Rasheed Rice. No, it was not Isaiah Pacheco. It certainly wasn't McCole Hardman. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, 
Two catches, 62 yards in this game. MVS, I know you have taken a lot of criticism over the course of the year. You deserved a lot of criticism over the course of the year. MVS, I am here telling you that all you need to do is play well one more time. And we will never talk about how bad you were in the regular season. You will be Frank Clark. Last year in the AFC Championship game, you had 100 yards. We don't talk about the fact that MVS had zero catches for zero yards in the Super Bowl. He stepped up in the game that they needed him. Great. This season, I don't got to rehash all the things that went wrong with MVS. A bunch of things went wrong. In a very important postseason game, they needed a couple of guys to step up and make plays. You knew that Buffalo was going to be able to take something away. They didn't take Travis Kelsey away. They didn't take Isaiah Pacheco away. Rasheed Rice had a normal game. Four catches, 47 yards. This offense needed somebody to step up. And, well, what do you know? Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He had more yards receiving than any Bills player. More than Dalton Kincaid. More than Diggs. More than James Cook. MVS was one of the better players offensively yesterday in the game. Knock me over with a feather. I'm giving my first set of flowers to Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Is MVS the new Frank Clark? I don't know. People are talking. People are definitely talking. You know who else I'm going to give a little bit of flowers to? I'm giving some flowers to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Yes, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire deserves some flowers. Now, you might be thinking, hey, well... He wasn't that big of a factor in the game. He didn't get the ball too much. He only got two carries in the game. He only had three touches. Did you guys know that MVS, or excuse me, Clyde Everett-Hilaire, that that run that he had in last night's game was the third longest run that he has had in his entire career? We're talking about a guy who has gotten almost 500 carries when you combine the regular season and the postseason. And his 28-yard run yesterday was the third longest run that he has had in his NFL career. Hey, CEH, you're never going to be the guy that the Chiefs drafted you out of LSU. We don't need you to be that anymore. All we need you to do in your limited opportunities is to make a play that helps change the course of the game. And he did that. You get a 28-yard run, you help flip the field and help put Kansas City in a scoring position. I'm going to give you my flowers. I'm giving flowers to Clyde Everett-Solaire and the game that he put together yesterday. You got a great contribution offensively from MVS. You got a great contribution from Clyde Everett-Solaire. Between those two guys, you got 100 yards of offense. That's why you won. You know another player that I'm going to give credit to? Because it can't all be on the offense. Some guys on the defense got to get some love. Rob, Mike Edwards went out early in this game with the concussion. Now, hopefully he's able to play in the game against the Baltimore Ravens. Want him to get that opportunity. But you know what? His backup, Shamari Connor. No Mike Edwards in this game. No Brian Cook, who was on the injured reserve list. Shamari Connor had 10 tackles and a forced fumble. Shamari Connor was great. A rookie coming in, second postseason game, first postseason game on the run. That was a pick you knew when the Chiefs made that selection 
out of Virginia Tech, you knew that it was going to work. You just knew it was going to work and absolutely has worked the second half of the season. He's been great. Sure, the stars got to be stars, and you got a star effort from Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Isaiah Pacheco. You needed some of the other guys to step up. MVS had a big play in this game. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had a big play in this game. Chamari Connor had a big play in this game. Harrison Bucker continues to be as reliable as any kicker in the National Football League. It was not all the stars why you won this game. You needed some of your role players to step up, and a handful of them did in the win against the Buffalo Bills. I want to go on a little bit of a journey here, and I appreciate you guys rocking with me on this journey. There is something about seeing fan bases torn up and heartbroken that warms my heart. When that game was over and after Buffalo missed that kick and they started spanning the sidelines and the stands and they were showing people who you know have been out there for hours. People who spent three, four, five hundred $500 a ticket to be at this game because they had to be there to see Buffalo eliminate the Kansas City Chiefs. Seeing those people go home heartbroken and disappointed It really brought a smile to my face. It really brought things home for me and really made everything worth it. Seeing the smile on Patrick Mahomes' face as he was running off the field and seeing them throw snowballs at him in frustration and anger. If your quarterback had that same accuracy in the fourth quarter, you'd be happy right now, but now you're mad. And just like Joe Burrow, just like a lot of the other challengers that have popped up for the Kansas City Chiefs over the last four or five seasons, you can enjoy watching the AFC Championship game on CBS or Paramount+. Plus. That's a feeling you should be used to if you're Buffalo. You should be used to losing to Kansas City and watching them advance and watching them have a chance to go on to the Super Bowl. That's all you know. At this point, it's a yearly thing. I don't know what yearly activities they have in Buffalo, but I imagine they have some version of the Plaza Art Fair. I'm imagining that they have yearly activities as a community that that they participate in. This is just another one. Lose to the Chiefs Day. Eliminated by Patrick Mahomes Day. We're starting to realize that Patrick has stake in a lot of different businesses. He's heavily invested in Whataburger. He has an investment with the Kansas City Royals. He has part ownership of the Kansas City Current. He's just adding other things to his portfolio, including Josh Allen and the Bills. He definitely has ownership of them, and he gets his dividend every January. It's great. So you remember how last week we played the audio of Cowboys fans leaving the stadium and they were interviewing him and getting their thoughts? Oh, they do that same thing in Buffalo, too. Let's listen in. Well, somber is the mood here at Highmark Stadium after the Bills' divisional round loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. And the Bills fans I spoke to shared with me their goodbyes to this season. It's embarrassing. They played their hearts out all year long. And then that, a missed field goal at extra point range, it's, it hurts. I just want us to win the Super Bowl and just losing is just, it's, it hurts. I feel so empty. Just sad overall. It's not even frustration. or It is frustration, but we're not even mad. It's just sad. I'm very sad, and I'm very mad. Really upset, man. 
really upset to see it come down to the kick like that. Uh, it's one you got to put through. You know, it's what you're getting paid to do. It's your only job. You got one job, man. You got to put that through. So, really hurting right now, but uh, I know we'll come back strong next season. It's always the Chiefs at home now. Come on. I mean, I feel like this is the exact same way that I feel every year. So, at least they're consistent. Uh, I called off work, so I'm sleeping in. It's gonna be a long one. Gonna be a long day of just sulking, laying around, probably watching, watching replays, watching the ESPN, uh, just taking it all in. So. The Bills now drop to 0-3 against Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs and will now start gearing up for next year. Buffalo, this is the feeling that you should be used to. You're losers. You're top-tier losers. This is what we know you for. You don't associate Buffalo with winning. You associate Buffalo with not being good enough. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. That's what you associate Buffalo with. You associate them with constantly coming in second place to the Giants or the Cowboys in the 90s. You associate them with losing 33 of 36 games to Tom Brady when he was in New England. And that ownership just transferred. Tom Brady just handed that deed over to Patrick Mahomes. Hey, I'm not using this anymore. Why don't you use it? He could probably gave him a great deal on it too. This is the feeling you should be used to every single January. It's all you know. You've never got to be the hero of your own story. You're losers. You're top-tier losers is what you are. So Rob went and listened to WGR. Shout out to Jeremy White and those fine sports talk hosts over in Buffalo. I'm sure, I'm sure they had a busy day today. I want to play for you some of what they had to say. Because I'm telling you, it was not good. This was the first post-game call that they got. The very first one. You know, you'd go through your little monologue, you open up the phone lines, and you know the phone lines. You don't got to do much. This was the first call they took last night after the game. Tonight's game, we should have had it. We should have had it, but it was a heartbreak. And I just want to know, how do you guys endure the the losses and still sticking with your team? What a choice do you have? I, I, I guess you just don't have a choice. You got to right. stay Easy. with your team. <laughs> that man was looking for an application for a new team. Rob, that man wanted to go cheer for somebody else. He said, I've been doing this for 40 years. I'm tired of losing to the Patriots. I'm tired of losing to the Chiefs. I want something new. I want something else. He said, how do you guys keep doing this? (laughs) You've had a lot of practice. You know. How have you done it? How have you been doing it? This is all you know is disappointment and heartbreak. You really thought this year was going to be different. You really did. I saw you guys. You had a two-hour-long line of people who couldn't wait to shovel the stadium. Oh, I know you guys were fired up. I saw the videos. You had the tables. You had the fire. You had Jason Kelsey taking shots with you. This was going to be different. (laughs) It wasn't. So much emotional energy invested 
and time and everything. And then, and now it's questions about shouldn't they fire the coach? Shouldn't they do this? Should it, I mean, just take a drink, take a shower, and, and get up tomorrow, and we'll we'll talk about it tomorrow. Um, because the Bills are now officially, well, I quote officially, one of those teams in sports that just has come close for years running, and uh, not even that close, not no. even that close, but have fallen short, and it's a it's a puzzle. <laughs> it ain't a puzzle. The rest of us know how to put it together. You guys are the ones struggling with it. I mean, teams figure out how to put the puzzle together every year. I mean, the Rams have put it together. The Chiefs have put it together. The Eagles. There's a lot of programs. There's a lot of teams that figure out the puzzle. You guys unable to do so. (laughs) You're losers. You're top-tier losers. Every year this happens to you guys. Now you want the coach fired. Uh, I've been calling you all year. This is like the first time I'm mad, sad, heartbroken, and I'm I'm just downright angry. And if he doesn't get rid of Sean McDermott and put somebody in there, and I've been calling here for McDermott's head, that understands you can't have a rushing game when your quarterback is the best runner. I'm just so angry today. (laughs) Josh Allen played well, man. He really did. Had almost 300 yards from scrimmage, didn't turn the ball over, made a couple incredible throws and runs. Josh Allen was great. The other team's quarterback is just better than yours, man. I mean, there's there's really no other way to put it. There's no more eloquent way to put it. Your quarterback, your team is not good enough. Despite winning your last seven games, despite going out and spending all that money to get Von Miller, despite being at home and having the better record this year and winning in the regular season. I mean, it was right there for you. Everyone was rooting for you. Nobody wants to see Kansas City in the AFC championship game again. They've been there. They're tired of Taylor Swift. They're tired. Everybody was pulling for you, Buffalo. <laughs> It was still the same conclusion to your story. It's always the Chiefs at home now. Come on. I mean, I feel like this is the exact same way that I feel every year. So at least they're consistent. No, they're they're definitely very consistent. Rob, I left someone out of my flowers segment because I think it is very important that we give them their flowers on their own accord. I had my reservations about the offensive line and their ability to play disciplined football. Juwan Taylor has been penalized 21 times this year. And it was a point that I made this week. Hey, you're going on the road. You're playing in a hostile environment. You're going to need to eliminate these costly penalties and that the Chiefs usually at some point have to overcome one of those penalties. Well, you know what? Isaiah Pacheco ran for 97 yards in this game. Patrick Mahomes did not take a sack in this game. And Jawan Taylor did not have a penalty. Their tackles played really well in this game. There were not a lot of times in which you felt that Patrick Mahomes was really in danger in this game 
or had to kind of overcome a deficiency up front. This was the best version of the Chiefs offensive line that we saw this season. This is exactly the version of the Chiefs that I want to see. They threw 23 passes and they ran it 24 times. This was an incredibly balanced team that was able to get stops when they needed. I know that we have looked at 21 points as this like magical number for the Kansas City Chiefs. And it's great to consistently hold teams under 21 points. It's really hard to do that against good teams that can score the way that Buffalo could. And this defense, they were shaky in the first half. I think that's a fair thing to say about this defense. I mean, in the first half, Buffalo scored 27, or excuse me, scored 17 points. They scored 17 points in the first half of this game. In the final 30 minutes, they scored seven points, including they did not score in the fourth quarter. This defense, they all, it, it is like a switch that turns on every single time. We got to make this play. We need to make this play in this scenario. And once again, they made that play. Buffalo had three separate opportunities to go down the field and take the lead and potentially win that game. Kansas City scored their last touchdown with 14 minutes and 20 seconds left in the fourth quarter. There is obviously a lot of football left. Both teams touched the ball exactly three times after that. So there was still a lot of possessions, a lot of time left in the game. The Chiefs defense forced a three and out. They then got the stop on the special teams, fake punt. Buffalo got the ball back again. It was a three and out. They were then forced to punt. And then the Chiefs defense, now Buffalo did get the ball down the field. They had a chance for a 44-yard field goal. But even if that field goal is made, let's say they make the field goal, Kansas City has the ball with 143, and it's a tie game. You'll take your chances with the way the offense was playing. You'll certainly take your chances in that scenario with 15 on your side. In that case, worst-case scenario is you go to overtime, and you now know that both teams get the ball. The defense played really, really well in this game. And about as well as I think you can expect to play against a team that is as versatile and talented as Buffalo is. Josh Allen is going to make plays. He's going to have a big run. He's going to make a throw that not many people can make. But whenever it comes time to really settle in, when it comes time to really lock in, make your stops and get off the field, Kansas City makes those stops more times than not. Coming up at the top of the hour, we'll talk about Travis Kelsey and the bounce back that he had yesterday. It certainly felt like the old Travis Kelsey yesterday watching this team. There's been one star player that we haven't given their flowers to. We'll do that coming up on the other side. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Brought to you by Deep Esqually Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this. On 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. The home of the Royals is 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Rob, don't you worry. I've got a segment ready for you. Don't you worry, my friend. Because you've been spreading a lot of inaccuracies, lies, and falsehoods about the Kansas City Chiefs over the last couple of weeks or so. And I have tried to keep you on the straight and narrow, but you're your own man. I can't control your takes. I can't control your opinion. You're free to give your take on this show. That's what this show is about, the freedom to express yourself. 
But you've been telling lies about the Kansas City Chiefs that we need to address. And the first lie that you've been talking is about the importance of the run game. Now, you and I agree on, let's say, 85, 90% of things. But one thing that you are always hesitant in is for the Chiefs to lean in and commit to the run game. Rob, aren't we seeing this postseason that maybe, possibly, you are wrong? Patrick Mahomes is playing what people would consider a game manager role. He was 7 of 23 for 215 yards and two touchdowns. Now, if you were watching the game and call Patrick Mahomes a game manager, I would just question if you were actually watching the game or know what you're talking about when it comes to football. But he was not superhero Pat go out there 400 yards, five touchdowns, throwing the ball. That's not what they need. He didn't turn the football over. He has gone 164 passes without a turnover. That seems really important. They have won all five of those games since that has been the case. But you know what? They really leaned into their run game. Isaiah Pacheco, 15 carries, 97 yards, scored a touchdown, and helped salt this game away at the end. I know that you are averse to running the football but aren't we looking at the playoffs and seeing that especially when the when the weather gets this bad or when you start to play some of the better teams, you have to have balance. Look at the teams that won this weekend in the National Football League. Now, quarterback play is important. No one is disagreeing with that. But look at Baltimore and their commitment to running the football. Lamar Jackson had over 100 yards rushing, scored two touchdowns. They ran the ball incredibly effectively. Kansas City, the other AFC championship team, Isaiah Pacheco, 97 yards rushing on 15 carries. Kansas City ran the ball incredibly successfully. You look at Detroit. They spent the 12th overall pick on a running back. David Montgomery also been very good. You've gotten great play from the running backs. And then San Francisco, we don't got to talk about them. Christian McCaffrey, he had 24 touches in their game against the Green Bay Packers. Don't running backs still matter? And no one's saying you got to go out and you got to spend 50 million to go get a running back. But to have the ability to rely on your run game as a critical part of your offense is still just as important as it has ever been. I don't know if it's realistic to think in these games against these defenses when it's 15 degrees outside that your quarterback is going to throw for 400 yards. You better invest in the offensive line the way that all of these teams have done. Look at Detroit, spent the top 10 pick on an offensive lineman. Look at San Francisco, all the money that they've given Trent Williams. We know the resources that Kansas City has spent. Ronnie Stanley with the Baltimore Ravens. These teams have invested in their offensive line. All of these teams have also, they have a commitment to running the football successfully and the running back position. Is it possible that maybe you are wrong on what the formula is to win in the National Football League? I probably undervalue the run game. But I don't think the Chiefs won yesterday because they ran the ball effectively. Because wasn't the Bills' entire game plan dominate the ground? Didn't the Bills have the better of the two run games yesterday, if you include Josh Allen in part of that, because that is the focal point of their run game? Wasn't the run game the key to success for the Buffalo Bills? And didn't they do it? But they walked away a loser. The Bills had worse wide receiver play yesterday than the Kansas City Chiefs. Stephon Diggs was non-existent, including a big drop down the field on a game-changing, what could have been game-changing play. MVS, you gave him his flowers earlier. 
Rasheed Rice, you gave him his flowers earlier. Travis Kelsey, like Travis Kelsey again. I would say you're right. I do undervalue the run game. But the team that ran the ball better yesterday didn't win. The team that made more plays in the passing game yesterday won. And the team that had the better quarterback yesterday won. I still say the key to success is through great quarterback play and big explosive plays. And the Chiefs did both those things better yesterday than the Buffalo Bills. And rarely do those things come by product of the run game. Yeah, you're right. But I don't know if the run game has to be your focal point. But I do think there is a balance that you need to have between the two. And you need to be able to effectively run the football. I mean, as good as Josh Allen was yesterday and as good as James Cook was, Isaiah Pacheco ran for both for more yards than both of those guys did. So Kansas City didn't have nearly the amount of rush attempts. I mean, Buffalo ran it 39 times. Kansas City ran it 24. Buffalo just also ran more plays yesterday than Kansas City did. Like a major reason of why Kansas City was down in the first 30 minutes of that game was they just didn't have enough plays on offense compared to the other team that Buffalo really dominated the flow, the tempo time of possession in the first 30 minutes of the game or so. And that was a major reason why they found themselves in the lead in that game. I know you and I just disagree on the importance of the run game and that's fine, but I do think that we are seeing there are like certain principles and things that you need to be able to do. You look at San Francisco, you look at Detroit. Now, Detroit has Amon Ross, St. Brown, Sam Laporta. They got it. They have really started to take flight once Jameer Gibbs has really started to figure things out. And David Montgomery, they got a great one-two punch. Kansas City with Isaiah Pacheco. We know about Baltimore and their ability to run the football. It just seems like a really, really big thing that you need to be able to do in order to advance in this part of the season. I will say this because outside of Kansas City, and we'll get back to Kansas City here coming up in a bit, the team that I probably feel the most, I guess, differently about is actually San Francisco this week. I don't think San Francisco's defense is nearly as good as I thought it was, as I've watched them play over the last month or so, that you kind of keep thinking they got a lot of names on that defense, especially on that defensive line. There is a reason why Washington didn't want to pay Chase Young. There is a reason why Chase Young got traded for a third-round pick. He ain't that good. He's just not. Not for a guy who came out of Ohio State. Not for a guy who was the number two overall pick. He is not a game-changing player in that way. And also, if we're looking at San Francisco and we're looking at Brock Purdy, we're talking about quarterback play and that being the difference in these games, and it is for a lot of it. San Francisco now has noticeably the worst quarterback left in a tournament in a quarterback league where you need your quarterback to be able to make plays and that there's going to be three to five plays that you need your quarterback to be able to make. They have the worst quarterback remaining in the tournament. And as I'm sitting there watching them on Saturday night, I'm thinking to myself, San Francisco supposed to beat Detroit's offense. And they're supposed to beat either Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes or they're supposed to beat Lamar Jackson and that Ravens team that might be the best team in the league. They're supposed to beat them with that quarterback. Good luck, especially with no Debo Samuel. I'm really surprised that San Francisco today is still the favorite to win the Super Bowl. I'm surprised that San Francisco is a seven-point favorite in their matchup next week against the Detroit Lions. I don't know how you can be watching these games and come to the conclusion that San Francisco is seven points better than Detroit right now. 
I know they're at home, and I know one team is the – no, I don't care about that. I think you're going to – especially if Debo Samuel's hurt, Detroit has more weapons on offense. They also have a better quarterback. And that Lions defense, it isn't as bad as I think we keep saying that they are. Their defense is not good. Don't get me wrong. Their defense is not good. I, I keep I keep expecting San Francisco to maybe – I thought we were going to see them maybe ascend and really take control of that game and really, hey, we're the best team in the National Football League. I just didn't get that vibe from them yesterday. Of all the teams that we saw play this weekend, I came out, hey, Houston, you went on the road and you played the Ravens, you lost, that's good. Buffalo, you played a tightly contested game, you just lost to an organization that is just better than you. You lost to Patrick Mahomes, certainly no shame in that. Tampa Bay, I thought Tampa Bay could maybe have the number one overall pick in the draft. They won their division and won a playoff game. No reason to hang your head if you're the Buccaneers. This is a Super Bowl or bust kind of season for the San Francisco 49ers, and I just didn't get that vibe from the yesterday. I actually think they're losing. I'm picking the Lions to go to the Super Bowl, and I can't believe that that is a sentence that I actually believe and say, but I think the Detroit Lions are going to the Super Bowl. Coming up on the other side, let's get back to the Kansas City Chiefs, and we'll talk about Travis Kelsey, who turned back the clock yesterday, and he was incredible. That's coming up. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Keep it right here. It's the drive. Think about how much fun you had watching the game yesterday. And it was a great instant classic. That's why we love the NFL. Do you think you had nearly the amount of fun watching the game that Jason Kelsey did? I don't know if Jason Kelsey had a shirt on from the middle of the first quarter until the game was over. I mean, I didn't see it. I know he had a shirt on walking into the stadium because I've seen the video of him tailgating and pregaming with Bills fans. That was really cool. I think he took a shot out of a bowling ball, if I'm not mistaken, which sounds like a great time. Travis scored that first touchdown and the exuberance that I saw from the big fella it was really inspiring. But you're not cheering hard enough for your team or your family members if you don't react the way that Jason Kelsey did to a Travis Kelsey playoff touchdown. It was really inspiring work. Good for him. I know that people are tired of seeing Taylor Swift on television. It doesn't really bother me, but I know people are tired of it. Every time they seem to show her box, they seem to be having a great time up there. Like every single time they cut to Taylor Swift 
and anybody that's in that suite, it just looks like one of the most fun times you could have watching a football game. Everybody's happy. Everybody's high-fiving. Everybody's hugging each other. Everybody's drinking. Just everybody just looks like they're having an amazing time. Rob, they keep adding more celebrities. What was Jared Carmichael doing in there? What's the other woman, Kara? What's her name? Taylor's friend? What does she do? Uh, I believe it's pronounced Carla Delevingne, but Who I don't is she? know. What does she do? She's a model. She was also in that horrible Justice League movie, not Justice League movie, a Suicide Squad movie. Like, she's a super famous person. Can you imagine when you, somebody asks you, hey, what do you, what do you have up for the, for the weekend? Oh, I'm going to Buffalo. For what? What for? You know, I'm going to the game. Where are you sitting? Oh, I'm just hanging out with Taylor Swift this weekend. Just seems like an incredible time. It really does. All right, let's talk about Taylor Swift's boyfriend, Travis Kelsey. The two players who I think benefited the most by the Chiefs not playing the final week of the regular season and just giving their bodies and their minds time off and telling them, hey, you take this week to rest up, get all your treatment, because we are going to need you in the postseason. It's been Isaiah Pacheco and Travis Kelsey. That Travis Kelsey that we saw was the Travis Kelsey of old. This has not been a typical Travis Kelsey year. The numbers are down in almost every single metric. Didn't have 1,000 yards this season, only had five touchdowns. He went seven weeks without scoring a touchdown. Yards per catch was the worst that we've – like this was the worst version of Travis Kelsey that we have seen. But just like that old man game that still knows how to get a bucket when you need to. He still knows how to get open. He still knows how to beat zone coverage. He still knows how to find the end zone. He was incredible yesterday in a game in which they really needed him to be. Rasheed Rice had a normal day. Not putting his day down. It was a a normal day. Four catches, 41 yards. Didn't really have a lot of big plays. Buffalo did a good job against him. They did not do a good job against Travis Kelsey. Five catches, 75 yards, two touchdowns, the heart emoji to his girlfriend, waving goodbye to all of your fans in the stands. That was a vintage Travis Kelsey performance. You know that saying, big players make big plays in big games. This was a big game. You needed the guys who have that playoff experience. Travis Kelsey has played and won a postseason road game before. You needed the veterans that have played in these games before to set the tone and set the tempo. You know you were going to get that from Patrick Mahomes. You also got that from Travis Kelsey yesterday as he turned back the clock. I remember, and maybe it's a social media thing, and it wasn't the general sentiment of fans, but I remember on social media, and I was getting some texts from friends, when Andy Reid made the decision to not play Travis Kelsey in Week 18, there was some consternation from fans. Hey, how, how come he didn't chase that? illustrious streak of tight end yards. How come he's going to come up 16 yards short? Just go out there, get two catches, ice down. There was some frustration among the fans that that historical marker was not going to be on Travis Kelsey's resume anymore. But you know what? Kudos to Andy Reid. He had what this show refers to as the vision. He saw the long game. He saw the wider scope. Travis Kelsey coming up 16 yards short of 1,000 doesn't matter at all because he looks like last year Travis Kelsey again. And you know I've been very hard on this wide receiver group because they stink. But they were built with the mindset of Travis Kelsey's going to be a dog. 
and it takes the load off this group. Yep. And, for, and yesterday he was a dog. And yesterday we saw that again. We saw what Brett Veach thought he'd see for 18 weeks in the NFL season. Travis Kelsey would be a 1,300-yard type of guy. He'd be wide receiver one. He'd be that star player, and everyone else would just fall in line. It didn't happen during the regular season. But with an extra week of rest, he appears more like his old dominant form, and I have to eat my words a little bit because wide receiver pressure falls off immensely when Travis Kelsey looks like the undeniable first ballot Hall of Famer. He looks healthy. He looks fresh. He looks recharged and ready to go. Kudos to Andy Reid. Who cares about regular season stats when you are healthy and playing your best in the postseason? There, we have been very fortunate to see some all-time duos in our lifetime. You know, Shaq and Kobe, LeBron and D-Wade, Brady and Gronk. Montana and Rice, you know, we have seen some great one-two punches, some great one-two combinations. Venus and Serena, if you were going to talk about all-time great duos in the history of sports, that list has to include Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. It has to. It has to. The connection that those two players have and now having the most touchdowns of any one-two punch in the history of the league. They got more than Brady and Gronk. Brady and Gronk were in the postseason every year for 10 years, it felt like. They have more touchdown connections than those two individuals. If you were going to make a list of the greatest one-two punches in the league, and your list doesn't include Mahomes and Travis Kelsey as one of the best that we've ever seen, then I can't take your list very seriously. That's where we are in these two guys. Yesterday, you saw one of the best versions of Patrick Mahomes and how efficient he was. He completed 74% of his passes, a 9.3 yards per attempt. This team actually had big plays down the field, something that this offense didn't really have a lot of. You got two passes over 30 yards to MVS, and he also had a run for over 20 yards. So Mahomes brought the big plays. He didn't turn the football over. The Chiefs, again, are 8-0 in games in which Patrick Mahomes doesn't throw an interception. And they got the best version of Travis Kelsey that they've gotten since October. That is a resume that can help you go on the road and win a playoff game against any team in the league. Explosive plays are the key to success. And I talked about it earlier when we argued about the run game. The Bills, one of the reasons I think they lost that game, on top of missed field goals, and near turnovers is they just didn't have any explosive plays. I think it's our friend Brian Baldinger, Baldy Breakdowns, pointed that stat out. They had no explosive plays in the game yesterday. The Chiefs' offense was explosive again. The Chiefs' offense was dynamic again. The Chiefs' offense was a threat all over the field again. It looked like I was watching the 2022 Chiefs all over again. It looked like I was watching that game against the Jags. It looked like they could do whatever they wanted at will against the Buffalo Bills. Everyone was open, and they were making big plays both in the pass and the run game. I don't know what they did this week. They need to, like, personally, professionally, whatever. They need to do it over again because if that's the offense they have heading into Baltimore, they are a real problem for the Baltimore Ravens next Sunday. Coming up on the other side, we're going to be joined by Josh Klingler. Klingler was on the sideline yesterday for the Chiefs Radio Network. We'll get his first-person account of what it was like to be at the game yesterday as the Kansas City Chiefs advance to another AFC championship game. We'll get Kling's take on yesterday coming up. Keep it right here. It's The Drive on 610 Sports Radio. 
You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esqually Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Kansas City, it's George Carlotis, and you're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Let's head to the phone lines right now to be joined by Josh Klingler. You guys obviously know him from Fesco in the morning. He also does sidelines for the Chiefs Radio Network. Kling, how you doing today, my man? I got a little midday nap in, feeling great. Um, you know, uh, we can wait till Sunday for the next one, though. I'm cool with that. I was just going to ask you, how many hours of sleep are you operating on in the last, I don't know, 36 hours? Well, there was a two-hour flight back, and I... I can't say I slept, but I had my eyes closed. Uh, I think I got like 15 minutes between the airport and the facility, and then uh, and then I got about I got about uh, two and a half hours here in the middle of the day. So I, I guess I'm all right. Right now, we're joined by Josh Klingler, part of the Chiefs Radio Network. He does sideline. Kling, take us on the sideline when they win the game, because one of the images for me that I'm going to remember from this game is Pat does the interview with Tracy Wolfson, and he is running off the field, and he is smiling like a kid that just got a brand-new video game console for Christmas, and the fans are throwing ice, and he got hit with one of the snowballs, and it was like that made his smile bigger, like he just enjoyed how upset that they were that they had lost that game. Take us through the sideline when they missed that kick and Buffalo fans realized that they are not advancing in the postseason. I mean, it was as if the the volume got shut off because the crowd was awesome. It was, it was a really fun atmosphere. A lot of times for Chiefs games now, we see a lot of Chiefs fans, you know, travel and find themselves in the building, and there's usually a big group. There wasn't as big a group this time by any means. I mean, they were thoroughly outnumbered. And so it was a... It was a true road, hostile atmosphere. And, and yeah, if you turned around and say, I don't know, flip the bird to the crowd, you were getting snowballs, right? And so so um, Patrick wasn't that way, but he was, he was just relishing it. I, I think he you know, felt like, well, this was part of being hated on the road, and I think that they had a lot of fun with it. But when they missed that field goal, Carrington, it's as if the stadium volume just went off. And you could just hear the, oh, no. <laughs> it was just, and then all you could hear was like the chief sideline chirping. Uh, it's it's never usually that quiet where you can hear everybody, you know, hooting and hollering on on the the chief sideline because the crowd's usually doing something. I mean, they were absolutely gut punched. And then yeah, the ones that stuck around afterwards are probably a little bit mad. I was a little worried about the buses on the way out. I was kind of interested to see if that was going to get a little bit ugly. It really didn't. Um, you know, there were a few people flipping off the bus and stuff. And, and then there was, there were two dudes wearing Bill's outfits. Um, there were, as the buses were leaving that they were bowing down. And I thought that was, that was, those were the, those are the two guys that got it. Like, yeah, you got us again. Kling, it almost felt to me as if a couple of their star players just really fed off of that energy. Like Patrick Mahomes, you mentioned how he carried himself coming off the sideline. You also saw Travis Kelsey, like, He's blowing kisses to it. It felt like the it felt like the the leaders of this team, the guys who have played in these games over the course of the last five years, it really felt like they accepted the challenge of, hey, we have to have this mindset to go on the road and win an environment like the one we're gonna play in. I mean, they you know, as much as you tune it out, they couldn't have possibly been immune to I, I called it three out of every four national pundits who was picking 
Buffalo last week and basically saying that because they were playing this game at home, this was theirs. And so I think they use that as, as motivation. They had, yeah, they had a tremendous amount of fun winning on somebody's home field. That's kind of what I was asking you know, the guys I talked to after the game about winning somewhere else and how, how satisfying it is. And that's one of the best feelings in sports where you can kind of go and rip somebody's heart out, um, you know, and their soul in their building. And so this was definitely that. I mean, this is adding torment upon torment to a Bills fandom and a Bills team. I'm guessing the ones inside there as well, if they were given true serum, would tell you, oh, my gosh, we got these guys again. Like, we can't shake these guys. And so, yeah, Travis and, and, and Mahomes and, and, and Chris Jones was, you know, he was chirping with fans all night long and really kind of, I think, fueled his fire too. No, they, they embraced it. They had, a, they had a lot of fun. Um, you know, you'd, you'd like to not have the snowballs, but it wasn't like everybody in this, there wasn't like 70,000 people were throwing snowballs. It was a select group of, of idiots who were doing it, right? So you can't paint the whole picture that way. But, you know, the, the, the Bills fans I ran into, and it was interesting because uh, going from pregame to, the, to my field assignment, you, I had to walk through the stands, and I got Chiefs logos on and stuff, and I really didn't get razzed. I mean, it, most of the people were pretty complimentary. They're like, "Hey, good luck tonight," you know, and um, we hope to beat you. Go Bills, you know. And they were they were they were pretty cool. I think that they just really wanted to beat the beat the Chiefs. Right now, we're talking to Josh Klingler of the Chiefs Radio Network, getting his thoughts about being on the sideline for the game between the Chiefs and the Bills. Kling, I led the show with there is a difference between having a great quarterback and an all-time quarterback. The Josh Allen played well. I think you could say that Josh Allen's two best games have come against the Kansas City Chiefs, whether it was the the 13 seconds a couple of years ago or last night. I thought Josh Allen played well in both of those games. Buffalo had three opportunities to go take the lead and potentially win that game. They got a three and out. They ran a a very puzzling fake punt. They then got another three and out and had to punt the football. And then, I mean, they had first and they, they had first and 10 from the 27 yard line. They got one more yard. The rest of the game had to kick a field goal and they end up missing the field goal. Like you believe in that scenario that the chiefs score because Patrick Mahomes is their quarterback. There is just a difference between a guy like Josh Allen, who might end up being a hall of famer, and then having maybe the most talented quarterback that we have ever seen. And in these games in which these teams feel so even, that appears to be the difference just about every time. Yeah, and and last night, not about you, but I felt like first half, Josh Allen was the best player on the field. And I thought he probably really had to be for them to win. And then, you know, give credit to the Chiefs defense, but also in, in the second half, I mean, they didn't, they didn't allow him to get going with his legs. And that's when he's so good. And I would much rather have, Josh Allen dropping back to pass. When I see him dropping back to pass, I'm like, all right. Um, I'm, I firmly believe the Chiefs can can defend you when he's throwing the football. It's when he's running that he becomes a problem. And for whatever reason, they took that away. And and I thought it was like two halves of offense for the for the Bills. The first half, I think, is how they can win a game like that. The second half is, oh, that's playing right into the Chiefs' hands. Now, whether the Chiefs dictated that and forced some of those things and took away his ability to do kind of impromptu stuff. You know, I'll give them credit because they have been good in the midst of games, continuing to adjust and get better. And you look up the scoreboard and they gave up seven in the second half last night. What minus three rushing, I think in the fourth quarter. I mean, they really kind of get after things as the game went on. Um, and then Mahomes, I mean, just did what he had to do last night. I think he was really good last night. His numbers aren't glossy or anything, but uh, they were super efficient. What did they needed to do? He made all the, uh, the throws that, that needed to happen. 
and they ran the football, and you can't have any argument with the way the Chiefs played offensively, especially when it was, what, um, 78 plays to 47 for the Chiefs. Um, they got dominated in time of possession. They didn't have the ball a lot, but they were they were super efficient offensively. And, yeah, credit Mahomes for not, you know, you could be in those situations, I think, where, uh, we we're not we don't have the ball a lot. Oh, we got to we got to make something happen when we do. And I I didn't see that last night. It was real kind of process and really kind of staying in it and not trying to do too much and and, and being efficient and moving the ball down the field. So that was a that was a really well uh, scripted game for the for the Chiefs and I think two playoff games that have been that way as well. We're seeing them play uh, the best I think to their identity here in the postseason. Kling, you know I love my basketball analogies. I think that Patrick is a player that, you know, there's some basketball players that if you need them to go score 30, they can score 30. If you need them to mm-hmm. rebound, they can rebound that day. If you need them to kind of set other guys up and play pass first, they can do so. I think Pat just takes on whatever this team needs him to be. Like, this team needs him to be, hey, we need you to take care of the football. We need you to maximize our possessions and play smart. The last interception that Patrick Mahomes threw in the postseason was the AFC Championship game against Cincinnati. That is 164 passes he has thrown in a playoff game without throwing an interception. They have won all five of those games in which he hasn't thrown a pick. This offense, to me, really hasn't transformed as much as they have just eliminated a lot of those costly mistakes that really hurt them over the course of the regular season. Yeah, and, and another basketball reference, because I've been kind of using that too, it's like a, it's like a non-conference college basketball where I'm going to play 12 guys during the non-conference. And then I think of KU's always asked this question, how are you, you going to narrow your, your rotation? And then, well, by the time conference season starts, they're playing seven and eight guys. I think the Chiefs did that on offense for sure. Like, yeah, we're, we're going to try to play 12 at the beginning, and now we find the eight we could trust, and we're going to go there. Um, and then, yeah, Mahomes, I think he's probably going to still always battle that a little bit, right? In the postseason, he hasn't, but um, you know, I think he's always going to battle that. You know, trying to do too much versus trying to do what exactly they need. I think that that's. I don't think we're, we're ever going to want to all take that away from him. Um, but when they're playing, yeah, when he just kind of morphs into, hey, what do we need tonight? Uh, he's at his best when he takes off and runs. Right, he didn't need to take off and run uh, really uh, yesterday, like we like he has in in some other games. Uh, but. Uh, when do I need to run? I'll be smart about it, and I'll, I'll need to run. I'm not, I'm not a runner, per se, but I'll, I'll do it if we need to. And so, yeah, if he continues to, to, to play like that, that's, again, that's accentuating your talent around you and then stepping up knowing you're, the, you're also the best player on the planet when uh, the Chiefs needed to be. Right now we're talking to Josh Klingler for a couple more minutes, part of the Chiefs radio network. He was on the sideline for the game. Kling, I think it's also important to really show respect to the guys who really stepped up as role players. I mean, this team is going to go as far as Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Rasheed Rice, Isaiah Pacheco, Chris Jones, et cetera. But you got to give a guy like MVS a lot of credit who had two 30-yard catches in this game. Clyde Edwards-Alaire had a 27-yard run in this game. That is the third longest run that he has had in his NFL career. Chamari Connor, who had 10 tackles in this game. Jawan Taylor, who I know has struggled with penalties this year. He wasn't a problem. Your tackles held up really well. Harrison Bucker. We always talk about total team effort and a complete team effort. That is exactly what this was against Buffalo. Yeah, and... Guy that got knocked out, Mike Edwards, was one of those guys, too. And Mike Edwards goes out, and you're like, oh, man, you're already playing kind of – he wasn't exactly the the uh, the starter. You know, he was behind Brian Cook. And then Shamari Connor has to step in and do some things. And then you bring – I mean, they just continue to kind of bring in guys on defense and seemingly not miss a beat. They've, they've had a little bit of a rotation. Derek Nottie's out, so you bring in Mike Pinnell. 
Um, uh, they've just done a masterful job of kind of weaving that picture and, and making sure that they have the, I mean, where would you be without Mike Edwards? I mean, who'd have thought something like that would have been the case. MVS, right. If he was completely, if he was completely in the tank right now, would anybody be surprised? Well, no, he comes and makes a couple of big plays uh, in this, in this particular game. Uh, CEH, if he'd have been in the tank this season and just said, I'm just going to play this out and that's done. We know he's got some other aspirations as well, working on his like nursing degree. And like, maybe he's thinking about, well, maybe this is it for football. No, he's continuing to kind of give you things here and there. And uh, I guess credit, credit whoever is in charge of the morale at times too, like keeping some of those, those guys that are, that are in it. You might need to, you might need to see another one this week, Carrington. It might be Nick Allegretti. I don't know how the, the, the I didn't like the Joe Tooney injury yesterday. Um, he did not look like, uh, I mean, he's, a, he's as tough as they get. And he was, he was so hurt. He couldn't go back in. And um, Nick Allegretti may have to be your starting guard for the remainder of, of the season. He steps into a, to a different role. And I think they'll expect him to not miss a beat. So yeah, those, those uh, ancillary players uh, make special seasons. And I think that the, the chiefs are showing a, a pretty good job of, of showcasing their depth. I'll get you out of here with this cling. I'm curious your opinion. We saw McCole Hardman. I'm wondering if you think that he will touch the ball again this postseason. Do you think McCole Hardman will get another touch this postseason for the Chiefs? I mean, the problem, Mary, is I think they're still looking for that option down the depth chart, right? But I thought really the last – they gave him an audition the last two games of the regular season, and I didn't really think gave you anything that said, yeah, okay, um, we can get you a little bit here. Uh, I don't fault him. They shouldn't. I mean, I don't know why you're why you're doing that at the goal line in that situation when Pacheco took himself out. He ran the big run down to the uh, to the goal to go situation. He took himself out of the game, limped off the field. Then you had Clyde, as you mentioned, had his uh, had a 20, 20 plus yard run. Give him the football there. I don't I don't understand. I don't understand why you wouldn't just punch it in there. But from a receiver perspective. I mean, I guess he's going to get something because I, I still think that they're going to need a, you know, a, a third and fourth wide receiver. So I think he'll be in that, in that little mix. So I will guess, yes, he'll probably touch the football. I probably don't need to see the jet sweep or, or anything from a running perspective anymore. I feel like that that was, those are some plays that worked like three or three years ago that probably need to be shelved. That is our guy, Josh Klingler, joining us on the show today to recap the Chiefs' win over the Buffalo Bills. He does sideline for the Chiefs Radio Network. Kling, I want you to go take a second nap, my friend. I appreciate you. Well, uh, also, uh, I, I did some, I did some uh, sourcing today. There is, there's no confirmation that, that Travis and Taylor will be at Allen Fieldhouse tonight. So just getting, just getting that out there. I, I do not believe, um, as of yet, I don't, think, I don't think Taylor's ready for Allen Fieldhouse yet. Do you? I mean, I actually think that she's ready for it, but just, you know, at Arrowhead, you can kind of watch the game in private. If she had to sit courtside at the game, I don't know if they could actually play the game. You're telling me that she's going to go to a place with, with seven to 8,000 college students? No chance. And, and uh, suburban moms? Like, no, no way. No way. That is our guy, Josh Klingler. Appreciate you, Kling. Thank you, man. See you. Absolutely. That's Josh Klingler joining us on the show today. All right, you can time me, Rob. Let's talk about McCall Hardman for exactly five minutes. And when the buzzer, we will stop talking about McCall Hardman. Let me give you his stats from yesterday. He had one carry. That carry went for negative one yards. He had two fumbles in the game. 
He had one catch for two yards in yesterday's game. Now, I know that I said, because I know what Rob's going to say. Well, Carrington, you wanted them to give him the jet sweep and use him. There is a time and a place for everything. This was sweep the leg time. Buffalo, for whatever reason, decided to run a fake punt on their side of the field. It still doesn't make sense to me why they ran that fake punt. It almost feels like there was a mistake. Rob, it was fourth and five that they did this. This wasn't like fourth and two, fourth and five. They decided to run a fake punt. Shockingly, it didn't work. They got two yards. Kansas City then gets the ball. First and 10 from the 32-yard line. I'm thinking, go in the game here. It is 27-24. If you score a touchdown here and you go up 10 points, there's just not a lot of possessions left in this game. You can possibly end this game right here with a score and a stop. The Chiefs run a play. Isaiah Pacheco gets a 29-yard run. All right, he comes out of the game. I'm tired. It's first and goal from the one-yard line. 12 minutes to go. If you score a touchdown here, people are leaving the stadium. That's not the time to run the gimmicky play to McCole Hartman when he fumbled earlier in the, in the game. I know the Chiefs won, but, man, if that game had turned out differently, we would be criticizing Andy for not challenging the lateral early in the game. That was clearly a forward pass. We would be criticizing Andy for the play call to McCole Hardman. We'd be mad at Connor for not falling on the football. Dalton Kincaid saved Buffalo two separate times. They had a fumble in the first quarter, and he punched the ball out of bounds. Josh Allen then fumbles on their final drive. You're screaming, fall on it, fall on it. Somebody pick it up. Nobody picked it up. You can't give the ball to McCole Hardman on an end around on that play. You can't. Don't talk to me about, oh, it's the worst rule in football. Everybody knows the rule. Hold on to the ball. Protect the ball in that scenario. You can't do that. I never thought I would say this. Just give the ball to Clyde Everett to Lair. Throw a screen. I'd rather you run it straight forward with Blake Bell in that scenario than run an end around with McCall Hardman. That ended up almost killing the Kansas City Chiefs. Please don't give McCole Hartman the ball anymore this postseason. Not on an offensive play. If you want to put him in that Richie James role, we can talk about it. But you've tried it so far this postseason, and it has failed miserably every time you have tried to give him the ball. Please stop. That's five minutes on the dot. Do you want to talk about the breaking news about the vote? Are you good? No, not yet. Okay. I really don't want to talk about it. I assume everything's good. They're yeah, going to put the, it on the ballot. The override veto has overridden veto has passed seven to two. April second, the stadium three eight sales tax extension will go on the ballot. Jackson County residents finally, yes, finally can vote on this. Also, the Royals have promised they will have a location decided by the end of February. Okay. No, I don't want to talk about it today. We can talk about it. You know what? Why don't we wait till Wednesday? Wednesday seems like a really good time to talk about this. I don't really want to talk about it right now. Do you want to talk about it? I really I, don't. I mean, I feel like we knew this was coming, and 
You know what? We have until eight. You know what? We have until the end of February for the Royals to pick a location, okay. and then we'll talk. You about know what? It. Then we can talk about it. Let's just wait. You know, why don't we wait until the Chiefs either win the Super Bowl or are eliminated from the playoffs, and then we can talk about the stadium. All in all, the moral of this is just let's stop giving the ball to McCole Harvin. You tried it; it was great. Hey, I'm happy that he's back. I'm happy that he got to meet Taylor Swift. I'm happy that he's a part. It's good. We're good. No thanks. Let's stop. Don't give him the ball anymore. Give it to CEH. When in doubt, do something else. I'd rather them run a quarterback keeper, run a draw play with Patrick Mahomes than do that. Please don't do that again. That's it. That's all we need. Rob, can you do me a favor here? Because we got a little bit of time. And I don't want to, like, do a topic yet because don't worry. We have to still talk about a lot of the things that you have said over the course of the last three, four weeks with the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm not ready to do that yet. I went on Reddit.com, the Buffalo Bills. They have their own Reddit page, and I went to post-game thread. It said, Bills lose a heartbreaker to the Chiefs, and let me tell you that the comments, it got almost 5,000 comments. I want to read to you some of the ones that really inspired me. Rob, hit it. This is from Buffalo Bills Reddit. We're wasting Josh Allen's prime. He's a guy that deserves better. Hashtag Bills Mafia. Somebody replied under it. I think about this a lot. We need to do better as an organization. <laughs> Another person. I really can't take this whole losing to Kansas City and the games that matter most thing that the Bills have going on. I mean, when is it the Bills' turn? Never. It's never been your turn. The entire 90s, it was never your turn. It was everybody else's turn. It was Dallas's turn. It was the Giants' turn. It was Washington's turn. It's never been your turn. <laughs> like, when is it the Bills' turn? Why am I a fan of this team? I constantly ask myself every blanking year, why, God? Why me? <laughs> Bills fans, going through it. I love it. It's always the Chiefs at home now. Come on. <laughs> Josh Allen has 27 touchdowns and only six turnovers in his 10 playoff games. He's also made it to an AFC championship game. He's not the problem. Sean McDermott is. Let's run his ass out of town. <laughs> Here's another one. How much trauma can we endure as Bills fans? We are constantly there for this team. When are they there for us? Add another wide right to the list. <laughs> can you imagine getting on the internet to come together with other losers to talk about why you're a loser? <laughs> That's what this thread is. You guys are losers. You cheer for losers, and you're discussing losing. 
It makes me so happy. It warms my heart. I feel so empty. Just sad overall. It's not even frustration or it is frustration, but we're not even mad. It's just sad. It's embarrassing. They played their hearts out all year long. And then that, a missed field goal at extra point range, it's, it hurts. I mean, I feel like this is the exact same way that I feel every year, so at least they're consistent. <laughs> Consistency is key. <laughs> I'm all here dying. Guys, I love Stefan Diggs, but if you're going to complain and moan all season, you better make the biggest catch of the year when it hits you in the blanking hands. Welp, I'm done watching football this year. No way am I watching more of Taylor Swift and all this KC Glaze BS. Love you guys. I'm out until after the combine. <laughs> you're losers. <laughs> This is the most down bad I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, it makes me smile. It makes me so happy. You're losers. Really, dude? Put your hand on your chest. Own it. You drop that ball. You you keep saying you're him. You got the Jordan gloves. You want to be Mike. You want to be the vocal leader. You want to always talk. You always want to be intense. Make that catch. Coming up on the other side. Rob and I have a debate. I actually think that last night's loss is worse than the 13-second game for Bills fans. I'll explain why coming up. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. The only place in town to hear the hypothetical button game is on The Drive with Carrington Harrison. The text line is saying that they want more Bill's Reddit comments. Oh, don't worry. Oh, we got we got a bunch of them. Don't worry. I got nothing but free time today. Nothing but it. We got Mitch Holtz coming in studio in about 10 minutes, and then that's it. It's just me, you, and Rob the rest of the day. Oh, I could keep going. I'm not exiting out of the page. I I love reading them. So we were getting ready for the show today, and I told Speck and Rob, I said, I believe that last night's loss is worse than the 13-second game. Rob and Speck looked at me like I was crazy. Like that was one of the worst opinions that you could have. And this is my logic by it. And I can say this as somebody who cheers for a team that perennially loses these kinds of games. I remember when Kansas went to Missouri for what I thought was going to be the last time back in 2012. I was willing to pay whatever to be at the game. I was willing to do whatever because that year you remember Missouri was really, really good. And Rob, I was convinced that Missouri was a better team than Kansas. I didn't care about Jeff Withy or anybody on that team. I knew Missouri was better than them. I went to the game. And I've never cheered as loud and with as much passion as I did that day for the Missouri Tigers. I don't know if I ever would have recovered 
from psyching myself up that much to see them lose that day. There are Buffalo Bills fans that have been in that position for years. You saw that 13 seconds, and you saw something improbable happen, something that may never happen again for as long as you and I watch the NFL. And you kept telling yourself, we always got to go to Arrowhead, wait until they come back to Buffalo. And you know what? Your team that was 6-6 and didn't lose a game the rest of the year. That was as hot of a team that you have. You have a Pro Bowl running back, a Pro Bowl wide receiver. You went out and got a shiny new tight end that led you in receiving yards in this game. Buffalo constantly thinks about beating Kansas City every day you wake up. Your entire existence is about beating the Kansas City Chiefs. You psych yourself up in the game. This time it's going to be different. You're up at halftime. You're up. You're up heading into the fourth quarter. This is your opportunity. This is your chance to finally beat Patrick Mahomes. Not only do the Chiefs beat you, but what killed you every time in the 90s was a missed field goal, and that's how you lost? There were some Bills fans that spent a lot of time outside yesterday and spent a lot of money to be at that game. (laughs) They lost. (laughs) I would never get over that. I would never recover. Never. They own you. You might have thought it before yesterday. You now know they own you. You know it. You'll never beat the Chiefs. You won't beat them in Arrowhead. You won't beat them in Orchard Park. You wouldn't beat them at Swope Park. You would, there's not a place. You've never beat the Chiefs when it matters. That's worse than 13 seconds. It's psychological. Rob, you don't know what it's like to cheer for a team like that. You really don't. You don't know what it's like to psych yourself up for all that time. Spend all that money. You traveled. You came from out of town. This, you finally were going to do it. And you lost again to him? On a missed field goal, you'll never recover, ever. I don't disagree with you on the enormity of losing yesterday for the Bills. But, man, losing on a historical marker, on a thing that's never been done, on a oh-my-goodness play, like a 13-second game, that lingers with you. Like, I imagine Mizzou fans feel worse about the fifth down, and they feel worse about the flea kicker, Then they do regular, oh, man, disappointing losses because those are historical markers that stick in your craw forever. The NFL and NFL media machine and all of that is going to be talking about that 13-second game forever. Is this game going to get talked about in a year from now? Outside of Kansas City, is anyone going to be like, hey, do you remember that game where the Chiefs played? Is this going to go the way of a regular postseason game? This is going to go the way of it's going to hurt Buffalo and be a gloating point for Kansas City. But in Seattle, they're not talking about last night ever again after this week. But I don't think it matters how the random NFL fan feels. I think it matters how you feel about your team. Yeah, but if random NFL... Everything was lined up for Buffalo to go win that game yesterday. Everything. You were the hotter team. You were at home. You were up at halftime. Your quarterback ran for two touchdowns and threw for another one. It was finally going to be your time. 
You had a chance to beat the Chiefs in front of Taylor Swift, in front of, in front of Jason Kelsey. The Chiefs came in and took over your stadium. They showed their girlfriend all the time, their tight end who had two touchdowns, his brother shirt off. Jason Kelsey acted like he owned the place. They came in, took over your stadium, left with the win, and left you crying in the stands? There were some people out there that helped shovel that stadium on Wednesday. They spent $300, $400 a ticket. They want good seats. <laughs> they went home unhappy yesterday. They lost. I'm sorry. I don't care what NFL film says. Yes, that 13-second is credible. Someone on the text line makes a good point. Hey, the 13-second is an exhilarating victory for Kansas City. Last night was more of a demoralizing loss to Buffalo. If you're a fan that's been in that spot, you have cert- that's a loss that makes you question why you do this. Why do I continue to cheer for this team? Why do I do this? Why am I so emotionally invested in this? This keeps happening to me. I'm telling that is a loss that makes you question why you watch sports. You don't even want to watch the Super Bowl after that. You cheer for the Ravens with the passion of that running back we were talking about last week. They beat you again? <laughs> they beat you again? <laughs> no. Nah, absolutely not. <laughs> you lost. <laughs> you lost. All right, coming up on the other side, we'll get back to very serious football conversations with Mitch Holtz, his voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. He was there for the win yesterday. We'll get his account of everything that happened yesterday. Also take a look ahead to the AFC Championship against the Baltimore Ravens. That's all coming up. Keep it right here. It's The Drive on 6th and Sports Radio. He is the voice of the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. You can doubt the Chiefs. You can dislike the Chiefs. You can disrespect the Chiefs. You're going to have to deal with the Chiefs. With an iconic touchdown call that echoes throughout the kingdom. He will walk into the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. It's 4 o'clock on Monday, which means one thing. Mitch Holtis joins CDOT on the drive. Hey, how about those It is an honor to be joined by our next guest. His appearances are brought to you by Silverstein Eye Center. Achieve your best vision and experience outstanding patient care at Silverstein Eye Center. Mitch Holtis, voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Mitch, I imagine this is a feeling that doesn't get old. This is a game and experience that you never get tired of. A thing that has stood out to me, I did a show in Chicago with Danny Parkins on Sunday, and I told him the stat you said that when you started this thing, you were 1-10 in in postseason games. You were now over 500 in postseason games. And the feeling of you left the stadium so many times, disappointed, heartbroken in the playoffs, wondering if you would ever see your team have success. And now you are in the middle of one of the greatest runs in the history of the NFL. I imagine this is a feeling that you never get tired of. No, sir. Uh, it has been a godsend, uh, quite honestly, to – I mean, I saw Patrick and Kels on the plane as I was getting on, and I said, well, we can uh, – like I said at the end of the game, we can – that'll pretty much cover Patrick Mahomes can't win a road game in the playoffs. I was so sick of that narrative. Um, but he's taken care of that. But, yes, what was done – these two playoff games, it's interesting, CDOT, 
I, I'm almost set aside of the 27 that I've done in the fact that that Miami game will be by itself. I told you that last week because of the brut, you know, the brutal conditions and the Chiefs and what they did at play at such a high level. This one, there's a dude that works for uh, in our equipment, sits right in front of me in the plane named Holt McKinney. He's a great kid, works hard. But he turned around and he goes, is this the best road win you've ever had? And I thought, you know what? Yes, it is. Because of what it means um, in moving forward. But I'm telling you, CDOT, that was riding a cavalry charge with sabers drawn into the mouth of the dragon. I mean, you talk about a city and a fan base and a stadium that was ready to, like, chop up the Chiefs. They could not wait for that game. To win that game and to do it the way the Chiefs did, basically only having 43 snaps to 78 for Buffalo on the road and to win the game, I may not see a game like that again, winning in that manner, but to do it on the road and the way Mahomes was and just a warrior was awesome. Mitch, you've seen almost every great quarterback over the last 30 years, and Josh Allen is one of the best that we have seen. I led the show today with this. There is a difference between being rich and wealthy. You know a lot of rich people. Being wealthy is completely different. There is a difference in having a great quarterback and an all-time quarterback. I believe that Buffalo has a great quarterback. I thought Josh Allen played incredibly well. He had two touchdown runs, his touchdown pass. That is not a throw that a lot of people can make. His creativity, the way he leads, there are a lot of things to love about Josh Allen. They had three chances to go down and either tie that game or win that game. They had two three and outs, and then they missed the field goal where they had first and 10 from the 27-yard line. If you give Pat those three opportunities, the Chiefs score in that scenario. And I think you can argue that you have seen Josh Allen's two best games, whether it was that 13-second game or the one that we saw yesterday. And it just hasn't been enough to beat Patrick Mahomes. And interesting, I know we're going to do this in a couple paragraphs and a couple minutes later, but let's bring that same discussion up with Lamar Jackson because I think this game becomes compelling in the same genre in which you're asking this. I said, I'm Wes Montooth holding the ladder of Josh Allen, anchorman in the bear cave. Like, I respect him. I've got mad props for that guy. His background, what he's overcome, what he's done, his amazing talent. But... That game yesterday, and you can the reaction nationally to him has been, is he Philip Rivers now? Because that's the comparison he's getting, where before he was getting compared to Patrick Mahomes. So he's at a tipping point right now in his career. So are the Buffalo Bills. They have got they got cap issues. The twenty four Bills are gonna look different than the twenty three Bills. They're trying to figure out where they go from here. But I've got mad props for Josh Allen. But he has to be sitting there thinking, where do I go from here? And that's my reaction to you about him because he's a wonderful talent. They turned the season around because they basically went back to Josh Allen of 2020 to run the ball 36 times and him being the centerpiece of the run game or at least 50-50 with Cook. And then the passing game became bubble screens and like shallow passes, and he, he'd take some shots, and, of course, they missed those opportunities. Zero 20-plus plays. Zero in 78 snaps. I, I could go another 30 years and not see that again in a playoff game. So I, I'm with you in this discussion, but where does Josh Allen go from here? 
Because right now he is at the the fulcrum of his career. Does this does he become Philip Rivers, or does he stay on the track of where he's going to be compared to the um, to Patrick Mahomes? Because guess what? There's a new wave of dudes coming. Is that C.J. Stroud? Probably. Could it be Anthony Richardson? Maybe. But now all of a sudden, Josh Allen's just not the up-and-coming guy chasing Patrick Mahomes. He's right there where everybody's trying to figure out who he is and where he's going, and I've got a feeling Josh is thinking the same thing. From an emotional standpoint, I think this is worse than the 13-second loss. I think it is. This is why. I made the analogy as a Missouri fan. I remember their last game at home, at least what I thought was going to be the last game at home against Kansas back in 2012. And I would have sold my soul to make sure that Missouri <laughs> would have won that game at home. There was no way. You got to remember, Kansas won the last game at the Hearn Center. They couldn't win the last game at Mizzou Arena. There were Bills fans that had that game circled since that 13 second. Hey, eventually he has to come back here. He has to come back here. They had snow. They had a two-hour line to hand people shovels. That entire community was about winning that one football game yesterday. To lose in the fashion of which they lost yesterday and to see this Kansas City team, that this is probably one of the weaker teams that we've seen from this Chiefs team, for that team to go on the road and beat you the way that they did yesterday, I actually think that's worse than what happened a couple years ago in Arrowhead in the 13 seconds. You lost on a a once-in-a-lifetime improbable game that may never happen again. You had every opportunity to win this game and just couldn't capitalize. Yeah, they were stoked for that game. To me, I, I, I've said it's better to me, than me, and I don't think this is recency bias, than the 13-second game. And we'll see where this game leads. If the Chiefs win this week and get to Super Bowl 58, then it'll really be in that category. But to win on the road the way they did, all the narrative that Mahomes can't win, a, a first of all, he hadn't played in a playoff road game, and I fought everybody that Super Bowl 55, we went through that, was a true road game. That wasn't your normal Super Bowl but for him to win this game, for this team to go in there, and you would say this is one of the weaker teams, I just think it's different. I wouldn't say it's weaker, but this is just a different kind of Chiefs team. And they figured out different ways to win, but now all of a sudden offensively they're starting to look like some of those other Chiefs teams because they developed the triangle with Rice, even though he didn't have big numbers yesterday. You've got the Rice-Pacheco-Kelsey triangle, and it's starting to hum a bit. But to, again, to win that game, to beat that team as as fired up as they were, that game was like a major battle. I told Matt McMullen it was like the Battle of Midway in World War II because it meant more than just one single battle. There was like so many things that ripple effect off of that. And for the Buffalo Bills, there really as a team, much like Josh, like again, where are we going? What are we going to do? because they have people now chasing them as well. Right now we're talking to Mitch Holtz's voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. His appearances are brought to you by Silverstein Eye Center. Achieve your best vision and experience outstanding patient care at Silverstein Eye Center. You are certainly someone that understands and appreciates the history of this game. You grew up watching Montana and Rice. You saw a lot of Brady and Gronk games. How crazy is it now that the Chiefs have... Maybe the greatest one-two punch that we have ever seen in the history of the NFL with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. More touchdowns than Montana Rice, Brady Gronk. Think about those great teams with the Pittsburgh Steelers with Terry Bradshaw and Lynn Swan and some of the guys that they have. You have called all 16 touchdowns between those two players. That's crazy. When you look at it in the historical context, 
and I've you know I've brought up too where Kelsey's now zeroing in on taking out Jerry Rice uh, in the receiving categories, uh, and he's got a shot this week to pass him in receptions uh, in the NFL postseason. But for Mahomes, and to do it in a relatively short period of time, you know Mahomes and Kelsey have done this since eighteen, and to get it done in that span and to be greater than any duo ever. I mean, you think of all the you you laid them out. Uh, you can go back to uh, you know, the great Cowboys teams, uh, but nobody's better than these two. And when I walked on that plane, saw those two sitting together, I just wanted to kind of have this like image in my mind that I'm looking at Gehrig and Ruth sitting there uh, in the seats. Uh, that the fact that you know historically it's been unprecedented what they've done. It's it's just awesome, man. It's crazy, and it was great to see those two connect twice yesterday. Mitch, when you think about the bye week and the fact that so many key players from this team got a rest, do you think that was better for Isaiah Pacheco or Travis Kelsey now that we've seen them both in the postseason? The pseudo-bye for the the Charger game, it meant everything. It's why I was trying to, like, slam that home to people, and they're like, dude, you're crazy. That week meant everything. I think it meant the most to Kelsey because that guy's now played over 10,000 snaps since 2014. And those are hard snaps. Uh, I've been tracking that, too. Uh, And yesterday he went over 10,000 snaps. I think physically it was for uh, Kels first, second for Pacheco, and mentally and emotionally for Patrick to just back away. He had been riding the horse hard, trying to figure out how you're going to do this, and then just, nope, dude, just back up. Have some fun. Help Gabbert. Get ready for the playoffs and just relax mentally. And all of those guys have come charging forward big time uh, in these last two playoff games. And I thought that rest against the Chargers meant everything to this run so far. We've talked about some of the injuries to Kelsey this year and age and whatever it may be. But this wasn't the typical year that you've gotten from Travis Kelsey over the last three, four years, but still a really productive player. Yesterday felt like they found a time machine. He looked like the same guy that's been playing for the last five years or so. He's just moving differently. He's much more athletic. He's just, I felt like he was kind of lumbering at times in the second half of the season. You didn't see any of that yesterday. It was really like they found a time machine and they got 2021 Travis Kelsey back, who was the most dominant player on the field that wasn't the quarterback. We take for granted just how much kind of pain and, and minor injuries that he fights through. And those 10,000 snaps have been hard snaps. How many of those were where he has to block? Either inline blocking or like wham blocking in the box where there's 14 humans and they're slugging away. He's not running nine routes all the time. And think how many times he's double teamed and he's pulled down and yanked and pulled and bit and scratched. Um, these are hard. This has been a hard road for him. He is a war horse of war horses. And I don't think he's felt good really all year long, going all the way back to camp. Remember, he missed week one uh, because of injury. And there have been, and the fact that these guys have played now 16 postseason games since the beginning of 2018, that's one whole season in a six season span. I mean, you're playing seven seasons in six here. Is that right? Or six and five. But the point is, it just accumulates. And again, for him to physically. Just get it like a surge and just, dude, just, and, it, you know, he was going to play. He was going to play that Charger game. Everybody thought he was to get the 100 or the 1,000 yards. He's, he's like, no, I'm not. And that, that was like the smartest thing he's ever done 
because now look at him, and you said he's running around like a spring chicken. It's because that week he could shut down and get his body ready to go. Right now we're talking to Mitch Holtz's voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. I do want to get his thoughts as we look ahead for the AFC Championship game. A couple more questions here about yesterday. Rob and I debate a lot about the importance of running back and the position, and I think about the AFC and NFC Championship game. Baltimore certainly can run the football, maybe not in a traditional sense, but Lamar Jackson ran for 100 yards against the Houston Texans. Isaiah Pacheco had almost 100 yards rushing in that game. You think about San Francisco, I would argue their best player plays running back for them. You look at Buffalo, whether it's Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery, two very talented running backs. Detroit, you mean? Yes, sir. That's where I was going. Yeah, so you you get then those two options with those two guys. I'm just... I'm watching the league, and I understand that the game has changed and we have de-emphasized the position. No one's saying that you got to run the ball 35 times the way maybe you did in the mid-'90s, but if your team doesn't have a threat of running the football and if you can't be balanced, you just can't expect to win these kind of games, in my opinion. And the other thing I would add to that, the runners as receivers. Look what Gibbs is for Detroit as a receiver. Look what Cook has done for Buffalo as a receiver. McCaffrey's the obvious one. But even in the case of Baltimore, when they'll throw to Hill or or not as much to Edwards, I mean, they're so tight end centric on this team. We'll get to them in a second. But the and we had Pacheco on our uh, Facebook live show on 65 TPT last night. The fact that Pacheco, here's the most underrated part of what's happened in him in this second year, is his prowess as a receiver. That That play he had yesterday, and I called it. I said, that's the same play they ran for McKinnon. That's a McKinnon play that they've used in the postseason now for the last several years, and they used it in Germany. That was a touchdown in Germany. So I asked him after the game, I said, it looked a lot like the McKinney. He goes, it's exactly. It was the same route. I go, have you run that yet? And he goes, well, maybe in practice, but not in a game. The fact that now, all of a sudden, Pacheco, we know what he is running the ball, but as a receiver, he has become dangerous, just like these other runners that we're talking about on other teams. So that's the second part of this discussion, is rushing football don't completely discard it, but the runners as receivers is the also next piece. So let's transition to Baltimore. I know you've already started watching the Ravens. You probably watched five Ravens games over the last 24 <laughs> hours. What jumps out to you the most? What scares you most heading into the AFC championship game? They have no weakness. Can't find a weakness. Like you could find something maybe in the fact that uh, they've given up some big punt returns running the ball although Houston could not run it on Saturday, they, they're they not just completely shutting everybody down in the run game. But this is a team without any weakness. To me, the most compelling discussion about this team, and this is what I was trying to tease with several minutes ago, doesn't it not baffle you? Because Lamar Jackson essentially entered the league the same time as Patrick Mahomes. Patrick had the apprentice year. He had the one game in Denver. But before Josh Allen... Where were all the comparisons for Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson? They basically came in at the same time. Does it not baffle you, CDOT? He's two and three in the playoffs. Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes in that same time span is 13 and three. Jackson's played five playoff games and won two. He has five touchdowns and five interceptions. His passer rating prior to his game Saturday was the fifth lowest in the history of the league in postseason since 2000. I mean, it, it just, he has been awesome in the regular season, but the postseason becomes a problem for him. 
Now, he didn't against Houston. His passer rating was 121. He run for 100 yards, as you mentioned. But Baltimore has to do it a certain way, just like Buffalo changed their season by doing it a certain way. I asked Andy Reid on the interview tonight. Andy's really good tonight because uh, when he gets in fireside chat mode, man, he is really entertaining and just enlightening. He, he, it's not press conference mode. It's Andy Reid sitting down talking to us mode, and he's, he's, he's an amazing guy. But I asked him, I said, I got coaching friends. When they play Army, they just, they, they're like, oh, my God, we need a month to get ready for Army because it's so different. But if they play Army and Air Force in back-to-back weeks, they go, okay, we're, better to, we're prepared to play them. Honestly think it is an advantage or at least helps the Chiefs that they basically played the mirror image of the Baltimore Ravens last night. Buffalo's not always been that way, but they are now because they had to be that in their opinion to salvage their season, which it worked until last night. But that's the way Baltimore plays. It has to be a certain way. Lamar Jackson needs his tight ends, bag time. And Lively now enters this picture, Isaiah Lively, the Coastal Carolina second-year guy, and they'll get Andrews back this week. When he targets the tight ends, his passer rating is like 138. Everybody else is kind of average. He still struggles to throw a seven route in a corner. Things have to happen a certain way for Lamar Jackson up to this point. And in the playoffs, it doesn't always happen that way. That's why this week, the biggest week for any human on the earth for NFL playoff football is Lamar Jackson because the Chiefs can also torpedo this boat if they beat them. The Chiefs are walking into a same situation where the Ravens can't wait to get him here. They feel like they can now prove that Lamar Jackson is is the equal, at least in the same discussion with Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs can do more than just win a Lamar Hunt trophy this week. They can do some psycho. They can do some psychological damage to the Ravens. The two things that really stood out to me watching the game on Saturday. The first thing was we don't really talk about Baltimore's home field advantage a whole lot. You know, we talk about Lambeau, we talk about Arrowhead for good reasons. Six offensive line penalties in that game, and that team was lively. This is the first time that they've hosted a championship round since 1971. That's what's crazy for a team that we have seen win multiple Super Bowls, but they did not host the AFC championship game in either one of them. I also just came away from watching their defense. You know how sometimes on a defense you can't, like, name a lot of the guys? We know a lot of these guys for the Ravens. You got like Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen and Clowney, and you got Kyle Hamilton and Marcus Williams and Kyle Van Noy who play Metabuke. all those years. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, they just, is a stud. they just have so many guys on their defense that you're right. Like, they were able to make Houston one dimensional and force CJ Stroud to throw it 30, 35 times. And in that environment, if your offensive line is as underperforming as they were, they just didn't really have a shot in the final 30 minutes of that game where Baltimore's talent just completely overwhelmed, I thought, Houston. What's the best way to prepare to play that crowd? Play Buffalo with that crowd. How many false start penalties were there against the Chiefs? Zero. Two penalties the whole game, CDOT. Two. The Chiefs had 43 snaps in that game to 78. If you have 43 snaps, you're basically getting one card and I'm getting two and you're still beating that you're still winning the hand. You have to play so efficient to get that done. And the Chiefs did that. It's kind of underrated, I think, in all of the discussion. Um, the fact that they only had five third downs because they were so good on first and second. They weren't getting behind the chains. It wasn't false start, hold, third and 16, because that will 
that will you'll lose a game like that or lose this game this week if that happens. But the Chiefs were so prepared to play that crowd, they can now carry that into this game against Baltimore. That's a young Houston team that had not been in that. Yes, Houston got the wild card win. They won the division. Great. But that team wasn't ready to go into the mouth of the dragon like the Chiefs were last night. And the Chiefs will go into it again. But they're better prepared to play that game than maybe ever before because of what they did last night. Mitch, I'll get you out of here with this. We got Chiefs Kingdom. We got the the season, the Chiefs season winding down. And also the, the, the Chiefs Kingdom show is winding down. I guess we keep going as long as we keep playing. <laughs> you know, this goes into February now, man. It's like a seven-month season. But it's, I, just, I just want people to take it. Coach will be on from like 6'10 to 625. I just think it's worth it for people to listen to it because he, he's so good when he gets in the mode of just like talking. And uh, he gets that way uh, tonight. I mean, he's excited about this game. But, man, he gives such real insight and makes you think in some of the answers that he gives. So we're looking forward to that this evening. I'm just looking forward to this game. Um, and that game last night, again, in my 30 years, that's right up there, right up there. The two Super Bowls, obviously, the two AFC championship victories, or the three AFC championship victories, obviously. The game last week, the freeze game, goes in its own own category. It's just by itself. But this game last night goes right up there on the Mitchie the Kid list for awesome wins. I'm just really excited about this weekend. When you think about it, you have the Chiefs and the Ravens, so you have Patrick Mahomes against Lamar Jackson. I mean, that's four MVPs between the two quarterbacks that we'll see. And then everybody's favorite, the Lions, as everybody is cheering for Detroit to go to the Super Bowl for the first time. Like, this is a great, has a chance to be a great championship weekend. It was really good divisional playoff weekend, too, even though there were some blowouts. Man, there's, there's just tons of drama so far in this playoff um, brackets, the way they've fallen, I'm, and I'm with you. This will be an awesome weekend. That is Mitch Holtz's voice of the Kansas City Chiefs joining us in studio. His appearances are brought to you by Silverstein Eye Center. Achieve your best vision and experience outstanding patient care at Silverstein Eye Center. Mitch, why don't we do this two more times, oh, yeah. recapping wins? <laughs> I like it. Just roll into February, man. That's what we do. That is Mitch Holtz's voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Coming up on the other side, we'll talk about the two quarterbacks. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Remember to follow the show on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Kansas City is Justin Reed. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Coming up at the top of the hour, we will talk about a lie that Rob has been spreading on this show for the last couple of weeks that has been disproven by yesterday's win. We'll do that coming up in a bit. Rob, as we've been talking about this show and this game today, it's really hard for me not to look back at the fourth quarter of this game. So the Chiefs, they go on a eight-play, 75-yard touchdown drive to take a 27-24 lead. Now, I don't know about you, Rob, but I thought that there were more points left in the game. With the way that these two offenses were going up and down the field, with the way that these two quarterbacks were playing, I didn't think that that was going to be the final score of the game. We basically had the entire fourth quarter of the game left. 
Buffalo had three more opportunities after that point to go either tie the game or try to go win the game. And quite simply, their quarterback wasn't enough. I thought Josh Allen played really well yesterday, had two rushing touchdowns, had over 70 yards, had a great touchdown pass, didn't throw an interception, avoided the big turnover yesterday. I thought Josh Allen played about as well as you would like for him to play until it really mattered. So after that point, Kansas City scores a touchdown. Isaiah Pacheco runs it in. It is 14-20 left in the game. Buffalo gets the ball back. Touchback. All right. It's go time. It is fourth quarter. We have seen Patrick Mahomes lock in in those fourth quarters, and you go win the football game. They got a three and out on their next drive. And then for whatever reason, they then run a fake punt to DeMar Hamlin that did not fool anybody. I don't know if fourth and five on your side of the field is the time to be running a fake punt. If you're going to do that, just put your offense out there and run a play. But to try to catch Kansas City off guard on a fourth and five fake punt with your backup safety was one of the worst decisions of the game yesterday. Kansas City then gets the ball. The Chiefs then leave the door open with the McCar- with the McCole Hardman fumble. And I'm sure we're all thinking the same thing. Why are you giving that guy the ball? Buffalo then gets another opportunity. They get a touchback. Rob, they are basically in the exact same situation minus two minutes. The, the score has not changed. It is a touchback. You got the ball then with 12.53 in the game. All right, it's go time. Hey, none of that matters. Okay, good. They got three plays for minus two yards in that scenario. Three plays for two yards. They then punt the ball back to Kansas City. Their defense gets them another stop in the game. Kansas City then punts the ball to Buffalo with 8.23 left in the fourth quarter. This is the drive in which if you are that guy and people think that you are the second best quarterback in the world and this is your house and this is your time and how you're finally going to beat Patrick Mahomes, you're not playing the field goal game. You're putting the ball in the end zone. Kansas City's defense then made Buffalo one-dimensional. In the fourth quarter, Buffalo ran for 11 yards in their three possessions. So this was a Josh Allen, go win the game. I've seen Patrick Mahomes go win the game countless number of times. All right, Kansas City's defense took the run game away. You weren't getting run yards. James Cook wasn't. You got to make big-time throws and big-time plays. Sure, a drop happens. Stephon Diggs, you put it right on his hands. You had multiple opportunities after that. Buffalo had the ball first and 10 from the Kansas City 27, down three with two minutes and 42 seconds left and had timeouts. You got to score a touchdown in that scenario if you were that guy. If you're going to win a Super Bowl eventually, if you're going to beat Patrick Mahomes, if you tell any Buffalo fan that scenario, hey, you guys are down three, but you have the ball on Kansas City side of the field with the 27-yard line with three minutes to go and two timeouts, and you have the two-minute warning left, you got to go win that football game. They run one play. They get one yard. It is second and nine. Incompletion in which you had Stephon Diggs open in the middle of the field, 
third down, they throw it deep, another incompletion. You have now taken control of the game away from you and gave it to Tyler Bass, who missed two field goals last week. And guess what he did this week? He missed a field goal. We started the show talking about this. There are levels to this. There is a difference between what Josh Allen is, and Josh Allen is incredible. I was thinking this as Mitch was talking. You know one of my favorite things about the AFC is how different your top four quarterbacks are. Patrick Mahomes is drastically different than Josh Allen, drastically different than Joe Burrow, drastically different from Lamar Jackson. You have very unique and individual play styles with the cream of the crop quarterbacks of the league. You got a chance to see two of the best players in league history duel it out in front of a sold-out crowd, and the energy was electric. But the difference is I've seen Patrick Mahomes, whether it's the run against Tennessee, whether it's Jet Chisboss, whether it's the run against the Philadelphia Eagles to put them in field goal range. The Chiefs have been defined over the last four or five seasons about their quarterback making the play late in the game so they win. Whether it's the play to Sammy Watkins in the first Super Bowl, we can go up and down the list. Usually in these scenarios, clock winding down, isolation, move out of the way, Patrick Mahomes is going to go get a bucket. Or he's going to get fouled and make both free throws. This was that moment for Josh Allen. This is on you. You got three opportunities down three. Your defense got you the stops. You got your number one wide receiver. You got the two, the two tight ends that you want. You got a Pro Bowl running back who ran for almost 1,200 yards this season. This is the Josh Allen thing. You got to figure out a way to at least give the ball patch, back to Patrick Mahomes and now put the ball in his court for him to go down the field against your fan base. For all the talking about, hey, Patrick Mahomes in a road game, he didn't really seem rattled by it. He seemed to play with the, with the same calm and poise that I've seen his entire career. The Chiefs deserve all the credit in the world for going out there and winning the game. But I think the story of it really is, hey, when are you going to do this, Josh Allen? I've seen Patrick Mahomes. I thought Kansas City left the door open for Buffalo yesterday. They had to fumble late in the game. They, they had a chance to really end Buffalo. They didn't. Defense stepped up and made plays. But if you are an all-time great quarterback or a guy that's eventually going to get a ring, you got to make one of those buzzer-beating shots. you got to have one of those drives to put away a Hall of Fame quarterback. And for as great as Josh Allen has been, this is usually when he loses, when he goes up against one of these guys. Sure, he's great against Mason Rudolph. He'll win that shootout. But when he has gone up against Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, those, the guys you got to beat to get to that next level to eventually represent the AFC for a Super Bowl, he has come up small in every single one of those opportunities. I agree. And I do want to credit the Chiefs defense for what they did in the fourth quarter because it wasn't just Josh Allen got small. They took away what the bills were doing. They made the adjustments. Drew tranquil started playing better. That D line started, stopped getting blown off the ball. I mean, how many times in the first half do you hear Romo on the broadcast say then the D line is getting displaced that stopped in the fourth quarter. I agree there than you're saying, I don't mean to take away from the chiefs defense, this comment, but Sean McDermott had two of the worst play calls, two of the biggest coaching blunders. I think we've seen in the postseason on 
third on second down, excuse me, they run the deep play that everyone talks about. Chris Jones blew it up. You are running the ball at will. It is second and nine. The two-minute warning. The clock is on your side. You have every advantage in your favor, and you decide time to throw. And then on third down, you do the same, leading to a windy, wind-whipping, horrible weather field goal from Tyler Bass, who you and I in the broadcast and everyone watching knows has been spotty down the stretch for the Bills. The Chiefs defense did its job. It deserves all the credit. But Sean McDermott got a little Andy Reedish at the end there and got away from what was working, and that's coaching malpractice. I put a lot of that on Josh Allen. Josh Allen, to me, is the guy that goes to the casino, and you made a little bit of money. Hey, you came in here with $200. You're up to now 310 You made a little bit of money. Your friend is telling you, let's go. Hey, let's go, man. Hey, we came in here with 200 You got 310 in your pocket. Let's go. Nah, man, I'm trying to make five. And then you leave with $0 every single time. What I think is different about Patrick in the postseason is he learns to take profit. Hey, I'm not going to get the big play, but you know what? I'm going to get from second and seven. I'm going to make it third and one. I'm going to hand the ball to Isaiah Pacheco. We're going to do it. Patrick Mahomes has been super efficient in postseason games. He was super efficient against the Eagles last year. He was super efficient yesterday. On two of those plays, Josh Allen, you're trying to get a touchdown on this play. Take the eight yards in the middle of the field. Let your playmakers make plays. If you want to talk about the difference in the coaching and quarterback and all of those kind of things, man, at some point, Josh Allen has to be the guy that goes out there and makes the play to go win the football game. And we've just seen too many times over the last three to four years. He just hasn't been that guy. Coming up on the other side, we have compiled every radio call from the missed field goal yesterday. You know what? We're going to figure out which one we like best. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esqually Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Download the Odyssey app and listen to The Drive with Carrington wherever you are. All right, this is what we're going to do. We are going to go through all of the radio calls from the missed field goal. And then we're going to determine which one we like the most. If you missed it, we have been playing sad Buffalo Bills fans today. Here's the news station as they caught them leaving the stadium. Well, somber is the mood here at Highmark Stadium after the Bills' divisional round loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. And the Bills fans I spoke to shared with me their goodbyes to this season. It's embarrassing. They played their hearts out all year long. And then that, a missed field goal at extra point range, it's, it hurts. I just want us to win the Super Bowl and just losing is just, it's, it hurts. I feel so empty. Just sad overall. It's not even frustration. or It is frustration, but we're not even mad. It's just sad. I'm very sad, and I'm very mad. Really upset, man. Really upset to see it come down to the kick like that. Uh, it's one you got to put through. You know, it's what you're getting paid to do. It's your only job. You got one job, man. You got to put that through. So really hurting right now, but uh, I know we'll come back strong next season. It's always the Chiefs at home now. Come on. I mean, I feel like this is the exact same way that I feel every year, so at least they're consistent. Uh, I called off work, so I'm sleeping in. It's going to be a long one, going to be a long day of just sulking, laying around, probably watching watching replays, 
watching the ESPN, uh, just taking it all in. So. The Bills now drop to 0-3 against Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs and will now start gearing up for next year. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to play for you the four different radio calls and let's give out medals, you know? Hey, I know, Buffalo, you've never won anything. This is a competition that you can win. Let's start with CBS, the national broadcast. Everybody has heard this one. We were all watching the game yesterday. Here's Jim Nance's call of the missed field goal. The game on the line, he will. 44 yards, Bass. No, he doesn't make it. Wide right. Wow. The two most dreaded words in Buffalo have surfaced again. Solid call from Jim Nance. I don't know if this is going to win the competition, but it's a solid call from a great broadcaster. We're working on getting Jim Nance on the show this week. Salute to Jim Nance. Let's go to the Chiefs radio network. Certainly going to be a much more positive vibe from the Chiefs in this miss. A cause for celebration. Here's Mitch Holtis, Chiefs radio network. 147 to go. In the game on fourth down and nine for the Buffalo. Placement down. Bass's kick is up, and the kick is no good. A little prophecy. Tyler Buggle, and he just misses the kick. Kansas City will next snap with a 34 yard. And the Chiefs will take over at the point of the missed kick. Their own 34 yard line as Tyler Bass misses this wide to the right. Someone on the text line says, CDOT, I usually agree with you, but I can't with Josh Allen. He's 0-3 against Kansas City. But one of those, he had the lead with 13 seconds, and yesterday he had a chance to keep the game going, but the kicker missed. I don't understand. Look at his stats. He's always been that guy. Tyler Bass missed two field goals last week. You know what I'm not doing when I got the ball first and 10 from the 27-yard line with two timeouts and the two-minute warning? I'm not letting that guy determine my postseason fate. People are not talking about Tyler Bass today. You know what they're talking about? You, the quarterback. You got to punch that in the end zone. I'm not letting Tyler Bass determine if we're going to keep playing this game or not. I'm putting the pressure on Patrick Mahomes. We're scoring a touchdown here, and now Pat needs to go down the field, on the road, against this defense, against this fan base. You had your opportunity. You blew it. You lost. You're a loser. That's Mitch Holtz's Chiefs play-by-play, Chiefs radio network. All right, let's hear the Buffalo call of the missed field goal yesterday. Something tells me it's not going to be nearly as chipper as Mitch Holtis was. Snap by Ferguson, hold by Martin, kick by Bass is on the way. And it is no good. No good wide to the right. (laughs) Rob, I wish you had given us more pain from them. I know it was more pain than what we just got. I know it was way more crying and complaining. It had to be. You heard the people outside the stadium. People were fired up. Uh, you've been, I've been calling you all year. This is like the first time I'm mad, sad, heartbroken, and I'm, I'm just downright angry. And if he doesn't get rid of Sean McDermott and put somebody in there, and I've been calling here for McDermott's head, that understands you can't have a rushing game when your quarterback is the best runner. I'm just so angry today. Last one we'll play here. This is Kevin Harlan. This audio is courtesy of Westwood One. 
Let's hear Kevin Harlan on the missed field goal. Tyler Bass will try a 44-yard field goal to tie. The wind at his back. The snap is good. The ball put down. The kick is Ooh. up and no good. Wide right. Wide right. The Bills kicker missed a field goal. Wide right. Jubilation for the Chiefs sideline. 143 to go. Bass missing wide right from 44. You knew he was going to miss too. I was sitting there watching like he's going to miss. What do you mean? No, he, he's going to miss this field goal. He was shaky warrior last week against Pittsburgh. This is even more pressure. He got to move, man. If you're Tyler Bass, can you go to Hy-Vee this week in Buffalo? You can't go to Price Chopper. You got to start looking up. You got to get on Zillow. You got to start looking for a new place to live. You're going to be kicking in Atlanta next week. Next year. You can't be. No, Buffalo. No, you're done. We can never trust you. Hearing their fan base cry is just something about it. Just It really warms my heart. Tonight's game, we should have had it. We should have had it, but it was a heartbreak. And I just want to know, how do you guys endure the the losses and still sticking with your team? What choice do you have? I, I guess you just don't have a choice. you got to right. stay Easy. with your team. You know how bad it is if you're a Buffalo Bills fan and you're calling Sports Talk Radio to learn how to deal with being a Buffalo Bills fan? What do you mean, how do you continue to deal with this? That's all you know. You lost four Super Bowls in the 90s. You won three games out of 36 against Tom Brady. You're constantly losing. You don't know what it's like to have success. You don't know what it's like to be the team that's happy at the end of the season and you lived up to expectations. What do you mean? How do you deal with this? Have you been a fan? This is every year. I mean, you kept cheering for them after 13 seconds. You saw Patrick Mahomes, two passes, made field goal. You saw him eliminate you, and you kept cheering. You kept hoping this year is going to be different. It's never going to be different. Never. Not once. It's, it's never gone the way that you want it to go if you're the Buffalo Bills fan. I consider finding a new sport. I consider finding a new hobby. This can't be a fun way to spend your time. You spend all fall hopeful, positive, with dreams of going to Vegas for the Super Bowl, and you know where you're going? You're going out back to shovel the sidewalk again. And now you got to get ready for the NFL draft and the combine. That, that can't be fun each and every year. You're losers. You've been losers your whole life. You don't need help learning how to be a loser. It's natural. You were born this way. Your your grandfather was a loser. He passed down that losing to your pops who saw them lose four Super Bowls. He then passed it down to you. And now you get to cheer against Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> losing runs in your family. That's all you guys know for 60 years of cheering for the Buffalo Bills. It's the curse of OJ. That's really what it is. The curse of OJ. Coming up on the other side, Rob has been lying to you guys for weeks, and we finally call him out on it next. It's the drive. I've been waiting for this segment all day. 
So this is what we're going to do. We usually have Patrick Mahomes on Monday. They have moved it to Wednesday for the postseason. Patrick Mahomes will be on the show Wednesday. I still have the Buffalo Bills Reddit page available and the thread that they had for postgame comments. I will read some of them to you. And you know what, Rob? We'll make that hit number one today is me reading through the Reddit comments of the Buffalo Bills. There are obviously a lot of things to get into. Rob, this is my beef with you. And I told you last week where I thought you were being unfair to the Kansas City Chiefs. You have talked a lot about their margin for error, and you have painted it like the Chiefs needed to play a perfect brand of football in order for them to be able to advance in the postseason. That if one thing goes possibly wrong in the game, then there is no possible way that the Chiefs can win. But that's not realistic. The Chiefs did not play a perfect brand of football yesterday. The Chiefs didn't score for the final 14 minutes and 50 seconds of the game and had three empty possessions to end the game. The Chiefs had a chance to go up 10 and had a fumble from McCole Hardman on one of the most head-scratching offensive play calls that they have had during this Andy Reid era. The Chiefs let Buffalo run for over 180 yards yesterday. Kansas City wasn't perfect yesterday in their game. They didn't play a perfect brand of football. Their margin of error is much bigger than I think you have given them credit over the last couple of weeks. You want to know what Kansas City did. And let me pat myself on the back because I have been saying this all year. They've started to win the turnover differential. You can make fun of me about a lot of things, text line. You want to call me Charger Dot or whatever you want to call me. For six weeks, I have been saying, hey, all they need to do is stop turning the ball over, and they're right there. They had one turnover yesterday, and they instantly got it back with the three and out. They were minus 11 in the turnover differential. They've stopped turning the ball over. I've been telling you for two months Hey, use Isaiah Pacheco. You've got a really dynamic, really special player. Use him, use him, use him. Don't go away from him. Commit to giving Isaiah Pacheco the football and look what he can do for your offense. In yesterday's game, Rob, they had more rush attempts than pass attempts. They threw it 23 times. They ran it 24 times yesterday. They were perfectly balanced yesterday. More Rice, more Kelsey, more Pacheco, less of everything else. They gave it to Isaiah Pacheco 15 times yesterday. Travis Kelsey got the most targets on the team. The Chiefs are super easy to figure out. This will be 21 weeks of me and you watching and talking about the Kansas City Chiefs heading into this game against Baltimore. They are finally mastering their formula. It's going to look different than how it's looked in years past. But you want to know what they've done in the postseason. Patrick Mahomes, who threw more interceptions than he's ever thrown in his career, has not thrown one yet this season. They have committed to giving Isaiah Pacheco the football, who has now touched the ball 41 times in two games. 
They have gotten the old Travis Kelsey back. They play great defense in the fourth quarter. And Jawan Taylor, who had 21 penalties over the course of the season, had zero called on him yesterday, and they had two penalties called on them in the game. You were worried about drops, turnovers, and penalties. They have not fixed all of them. They still had a fumble. They still had a drop from Justin Watson yesterday. But Patrick Mahomes has played better. They have committed to running the football, and they still have a defense that can lock in when necessary. That is, that's a formula that you can go beat Baltimore with. That's a formula that can beat Detroit or San Francisco. I have never wavered on this team and their ability to make a run in the postseason if they could just get back to the fundamentals. I don't know what it is in Patrick Mahomes' mind. I really don't. He has not thrown an interception since overtime against Cincinnati in the first AFC championship game matchup. He has thrown 156, 164, excuse me, consecutive passes without an interception. He has not thrown an interception in five consecutive postseason games. They've won all five of them. So far, every team in this year's postseason, you want to know what they have in common? Their quarterback didn't throw an interception in that game. In the super wild card round and the divisional round, football is simple. It really is simple. You got to execute. You got to deliver. Run the football effectively. Play, play good defense. Limit mistakes. Control the line of scrimmage. Mahomes didn't get sacked yesterday. He was rarely under pressure. They ran for 150 yards. This is the formula that Kansas City can go on the road and upset Baltimore. So first things first, before you take too big of a victory lap and pat yourself on the back too much, it is worth noting they lost the turnover difference yeah, no, yesterday. You're right. You were th- before we all talk about, oh, the key is win. They did not do that yesterday. You are that 100%. did not happen. I, I mean, now, I don't want to sound like a Bills fan in a situational turnover. They turned the ball over up three, and they got a three and out on the very next possession. So the turnover definitely hurt you, and it took points off the board. It didn't really add points to Buffalo like we've seen. We've seen a lot of turnovers this year that you directly took points off of your scoreboard and handed them to the other team. There's not a good turnover by any means. It was one of the least costly playoff turnovers that you could possibly have that took seven points off of the board for you, and you literally got the ball back in less than a minute. I just want to make sure we're clarifying that if you're going to take a victory lap at this. So two things, because... You're right. I probably was too hard on the Chiefs this week, but two things are of note. One, what is the other thing I kept saying this week about the Chiefs and the turnovers? They're facing a Bills team. I kept calling them the Spider-Man meme because the Chiefs problems mirrored the Bills problems. Josh Allen tried to give the Chiefs two turnovers. He did. He Honestly, he was begging the Chiefs to take the two turnovers. Like, here you go. Take the ball. The Chiefs just couldn't take advantage of it. So the margin of error was thin. But the Chiefs did not take advantage of the Bills' turnovers. I did say they're the Spider-Man meme. Because also I would say, and this is going to sound very Bills fanish, and I don't mean it to come this way, I don't think Sean McDermott coached a very good football game. And I don't know if Sean McDermott's going to be employed in the next 48 hours because he's had a rocky season in Buffalo. He was the D.C. Their defense was worse this year. He was at one point comparing teamwork and camaraderie to 9-11. That was wild stuff. And now they lost in the divisional round because you could argue because of coaching blunders. The punt, the fourth down fake punt was some of the worst decision-making I've seen from a coach in a long, long time. It was not good. That was handing the Chiefs an advantage. That was widening the margin of error because you made a foolish mistake. 
and we've already talked about it. The end of game management by Sean McDermott was very Andy Reedish, and the fact that hey, we're running the ball, we have the clock advantage, we're driving, everything's going our way. Deep pass, rolling out of bounds pass, forty yard field goal for my shaky kicker. That's spotty coach work. The coaching staff of the Bills create a wider margin of error for the Chiefs. And also, last thing, and again, it's going to come off excuse-ish, whatever. I told this to Dusty yesterday. I went on with after hours leading into the game. I said, straight up, I don't know the Chiefs are better than the Bills, but last night's game was not played straight up. The Chiefs were light years healthier than the Bills. That's football, though. But that creates a wider margin of error, and I would say on top of that, they had the rest advantage, which Chiefs fans will know very well. When you have the rest advantage, it creates a larger margin of error. The Chiefs were at the rest advantage last six weeks of the season. Yeah, I'm just, I'm personally not rolling with that for this reason. I don't care what level of sports you made it to. Maybe you made it to high school. Maybe you made it to college. Maybe some of you listening played professional football, whether it was here in the States or overseas. But every single person listening has gone out in the backyard and your team was down and you needed to hit a home run or you needed to hit the last second shot or something of that magnitude. Josh Allen had that opportunity three separate times yesterday. I don't want to hear about, hey, the other team got more sleep than you got. No, I don't want to hear that. Not in your building. Not when you had three touchdowns. Not when you got an all-pro, Pro Bowl caliber running back in James Cook. Not when you got a legitimate number one in Stephon Diggs. Not when they went out and they got you Dalton Kincaid who led the Bills in. I don't want to hear that. You had the ball three separate times down, three points in your building. There was no coin flip. This was straight up, and you got beat in that scenario. So I don't feel bad for Buffalo fans. I don't feel bad for Josh Allen. This is exactly what you wanted. The last time you played Kansas City and lost, it was unfair. Oh, it's not fair. We don't get the ball back. How do we not get a chance to score? Patrick Mahomes gets a chance, but we don't get a chance to score. Okay, you had your opportunity in this game. Kansas City scored their last touchdown with 14 minutes and 20 seconds left, and Buffalo gets the ball back down three. All right, it's go time. Are you him? Are you that guy? They got a three and out. They then got another opportunity after the fumble. They got another three and out. They then got another opportunity. Kansas City ran five plays and got eight yards. You then got another play. You got the ball with 823 and two timeouts and the two-minute warning in your building. This is how you create your legend. You want to know why we think Patrick Mahomes is him? Because we've constantly seen him be him. Whether it was in the first AFC championship game where they're down 14 points against the New England Patriots and they score a touchdown on their remaining drives. Whether it was the AFC championship game against the Tennessee Titans and they're down 10 nothing in the first quarter and he has a run that will be played for the next 100 years and they score a touchdown. Or whether you're down 20-10 to 10 in the Super Bowl in the fourth quarter against San Francisco and you go down the field and score. Or last year where you're down 10 or you have a hurt ankle and you go down the field and score. Don't talk to me about rest advantage. 
You had the ball three separate times in your building in the fourth quarter with a chance to go win the game, and you didn't do it. Maybe you ain't him. Because on the other side, I've seen that other guy come through in that scenario countless number of times. And that's why he's been in three Super Bowls and won two of them. That's why he has two MVP trophies. That's why you have none. Because you throw three interceptions against the New York Jets in week one and you lost. Or you lost a game this year to the New England Patriots. And why you had to work super hard down the stretch from a 6-6 six and six team to even make the postseason. And going into the postseason, you needed help to make it. You remember, heading into the final, the Buffalo could have either won their division or outright missed the postseason. Some of that's on your quarterback. I'm not rolling, man. I'm just not rolling. I can't do it. I'm not blaming McDermott. I'm not blaming the kicker. I'm not blaming any of that. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. Josh Allen makes $200 million. We think he is a Hall of Fame quarterback. There is no excuse for your team to not score in the final quarter of the game. In this game, out of the eight quarters, there were points in seven of the quarters. You know the only quarter where a team didn't score? Buffalo's fourth quarter. Zero. Didn't score. You lost. You had your opportunities. And you left it up to a shaky kicker who missed two kicks last week against Pittsburgh. You knew not to trust him. So, no. I, th- this, this is a Josh Allen loss to me. People can disagree. That's fine. This is a Josh Allen loss to me. You got to be that guy. I saw Lamar go make plays to win. I saw Patrick Mahomes go make plays to win. Brock Purdy was terrible for 54 minutes last Saturday. Went out there and he made plays to go win. Jared Goff made plays to go win. The only one that didn't do it was the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills. So that is a Josh Allen problem in my mind. Let's get to some sad tweets. While you're stuck in traffic on your drive home, The Drive gets you caught up on the biggest sports stories in Kansas City and around the country. It's the hits only on The Drive. Number one. Kendra, before I cue the sad music and we talk about sad Bills fans on Reddit, I want you to know the hits are brought to you by the Polar Plunge. This upcoming Saturday at Longview Lake, take part in the Polar Plunge to benefit Special Olympics of Missouri. For more information, go to somo.org backslash plunge. All right, Rob. Hit some sad music. What I am going to read to you guys for the next, I don't know, four or five minutes. This is from Buffalo Bills Reddit page where the headline says, Bills lose a heartbreaker to the Kansas City Chiefs. Guys, we went into this game battered to absolute hell. And we still only lost by three points. I was encouraged. But the fact that it was so close and we lost again absolutely tears my heart out. This was the best chance for the Bills that we're going to have for a long time. We finally got the two seed in Kansas City. They're not as dominant. And we finally played them at home. And we lost. Now there has to be drastic changes to the team. This was the best we were going to get with this core. Another Reddit user. I blinking hate Patrick. I blinking hate Taylor Swift, the Chiefs, the refs, and honestly, just football. Go Bills forever. But man, blank this. 
another user. I'm dead inside. Just like I was at the end of Super Bowl 25. We never can put it all together when we really need it. And the great teams do. I want Bass gone, McDermott gone, special teams coach gone, aging defensive players gone. Let's tear it down and try again. This is my favorite. I love you all, but I will be taking a long break from social media. I don't want to see anything else about Patrick Mahomes and that pop star. I'll see you guys next season. Always and forever. Go Bills. (laughs) (laughs) Top tier losers. That's what they are. It's always the Chiefs. It's always the Chiefs. At home now? Come on. I got some more. I got some more. Give me like, give me, give me two more minutes, y'all. Give me two more minutes. I genuinely don't know if there is an unluckier franchise in sports. I know a lot of things can be blamed on execution, but seriously, why do things always go against us? (laughs) Hold on. You'll love this one. This one's good. This one's good. This one's good. Hey, guys, please don't go to the Chiefs Reddit page. It's like a bunch of privileged kids laughing at the homeless over there. Because you're the homeless. Oh, hold on. on. That's what it says. I'm serious. I can post it. It says don't go into Chiefs Reddit. It's like a bunch of privileged kids laughing at the homeless. No, that privilege is the Chiefs are winners. They win these kind of games. You don't win these kind of games. You're losers. You're not homeless. You're losers. You've constantly been losers. That's all you know. You were born into it. You grew up in Buffalo. No one chooses to be a Bills fan. You grew up in Upper New York. Your whole childhood, they lost in the Super Bowl every year. That's all you know. It's in your blood. The same way that we knew Jordan Love was going to throw that interception, it's passed down in his bloodline. We saw Favre do it. We saw Rodgers do it. Now it's your turn. Have you seen that movie Iron Claw where they talk about the Van Eric curse? It's a curse in your family. You didn't do anything to cause it. You just got bad luck. You're a Bills fan. You're not homeless. You're just a loser. That's okay. All right, two more. You ready? I mean that that homeless privilege one was wow. You're just a, you're just a, you're a loser. I just I don't know how to put it. I'm sorry, guys, but McDermott is not good enough for this stage. We need a better head coach or next year is going to end up exactly the same. He's had enough years to prove it, and he has failed us every single time. I'm tired of our season ending by Kermit the Blanking Frog. (laughs) 
Give me more! Well, somber is the mood here at Highmark Stadium after the Bills' divisional round loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. And the Bills fans I spoke to shared with me their goodbyes to this season. It's embarrassing. They played their hearts out all year long. And then that, a missed field goal at extra point range, it's, it hurts. I just want us to win the Super Bowl and just losing is just, it's, it hurts. Just I feel so empty. Just sad overall. It's not even frustration, or it is frustration, but we're not even mad, it's just sad. I'm very sad, and I'm very mad. Really upset, man. Really upset to see it come down to the kick like that. Uh, it's one you gotta put through. You know, it's what you're getting paid to do, it's your only job. You got one job, man, you gotta put that through. So, really hurting right now, but uh, I know we'll come back strong next season. It's always the Chiefs at home now? Come on. I mean, I feel like this is the exact same way that I feel every year, so at least they're consistent. Uh, I called off work, so I'm sleeping in. It's going to be a long one, going to be a long day of just sulking, laying around, probably watching, watching replays, watching ESPN, uh, just taking it all in. So, The Bills now drop to 0-3 against Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs and will now start gearing up for next year. There is a difference between being rich and wealthy. There's a difference. You probably know a lot of rich people. They got a great house. They get to go on amazing vacations. We all know somebody who is rich. There is a difference in wealthy. Rob, we live in the internet era. There's a lot of famous people. It's different being a celebrity. It's different. Yo, you got a half million followers on Instagram. That That's cool. That's cool. You can go places. People know who you are. That, 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 there's a difference being a celebrity. Josh Allen is incredible. He's, he's, he's a really, really good quarterback. There is a difference. And we see it in these matchups. We saw it yesterday. If Patrick Mahomes was the quarterback of the Bills, they would have won. They would have won. They would have scored on one of those three possessions. They would have they, they would have won. If you had a chance to knock out the Kansas City Chiefs and you fumbled at the two-yard line and got a touchback, Patrick Mahomes is about to make you pay. That's going to be the worst turnover that ever happened in your franchise's history that you gave that guy another opportunity. Buffalo ran for 11 yards in the fourth quarter of the game and didn't score. There is a difference. The same way that we notice the difference in, hey, Dak Prescott's good, really good. Once you get to a certain point, you start to see the cream rise to the top and the separation. You know who Josh Allen is? He's Chris Paul. Chris Paul's amazing. Chris Paul's a first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the greatest point guards I've ever seen. He ain't Steph Curry. (laughs) <laughs> he's dying Steph. That's who Josh Allen is. He's good. Buffalo will win their division next year. They'll go back to the postseason. They'll probably win a game. But we've seen Josh and his team go up against Joe Burrow. They lost. They got dominated last year. We've seen him go up against Patrick Mahomes three times in the postseason. You, you're the third quarterback of your generation. Fourth. You're behind Lamar. You're the fourth best quarterback in your generation. 
Maybe you get a ring. Possibly. You ain't him. And that's okay. It's all right. Coming up on the other side, there were a lot of people who helped the Chiefs win yesterday. We're going to go through some of the X factors and who stepped up big in the Chiefs road win at Buffalo. That's coming up. Keep it right here. It's the drive. The drive with Carrington Harrison brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car, truck or motorcycle wreck. Remember, Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Hey, Chiefs fans, it's Patrick Mahomes. Catch me every Monday with CDOT during the season on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. I want to highlight a couple of players who really stepped up and made plays yesterday in a Chiefs win. Because I know I've said my formula about more Rice, more Pacheco, more Kelsey, less of everything else, and it's not like that's been a bad strategy. Isaiah Pacheco had 97 yards rushing yesterday. Travis Kelsey had two touchdowns yesterday. Patrick Mahomes hasn't thrown an interception. Like they, they have gotten a lot from their star players. That's how you go on the road and you beat a good football team like the Buffalo Bills. But it wasn't just them yesterday. There are other people. Let's highlight them. MVS. Now I know that people have been tough on you for a lot of good reasons. You have not had a great season. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. But you know what? Yesterday, you had your best game of the season. Marquez Valdez-Scantling had three catches that both went over 30 yards. He had a 32-yard catch and a 30-yard catch on four targets. MVS had more yards then Rasheed Rice and Noah Gray combined. He was great yesterday. MVS, I'm going to tell you this. If you play well one more time, people will remember you very fondly in Kansas City. Think about it. We don't talk about any MVS regular season game last year. This season, you've been bad. You were getting in Twitter beef with reporters. Uh, It's been bad. You had 62 yards. You had more yards receiving than any Bills receiver. Their leading receiver had 45 yards, Dalton Kincaid. If you play well in one of the next two games and you have three great postseason performances under your belt, you can come back and eat for free in Kansas City whenever you come back. I mean, you ain't going to be on the team next year, but you can always come back and get yourself a a Z-man or a mixed plate. MVS, I'm going to give you your flowers here today on the drive. So you're saying MVS can turn into Chiefs Christian Cologne? Yeah. Everybody loves Christian Cologne. If Christian Cologne was here, you'd be like, oh, hey, that's Christian Cologne. He was great. Nobody talks about that he hit 240 with the Royals. You're Christian Cologne. That's how MVS can be. You just got to do it one more time. Do it one more time, you're Christian Cologne. Clyde Evertelaire, I looked this up. Yesterday, his run, his 28-yard run, was the third longest run that he has had in his career. Now, he didn't do a lot yesterday. He only got three touches and had 30 yards in his three touches. I'll take that. Hey, if you're telling me against Baltimore, if we're talking about one big Clyde Edwards-Hilaire run that puts the Chiefs in scoring range and gets them into the red zone, great day. Phenomenal day. Clyde Everett-Hilaire here. I'm going to give you your love. You're going to get your flowers here on the drive.
Shamari Connor. You remember one of my X factors was Mike Edwards. You remember that last week. I said he had an interception last week and they were going to have to force one turnover. Now, they didn't force a turnover. But no Brian Cook. He's on injured reserve. Mike Edwards went out with the injury concussion protocol early in this game. And a fifth-round rookie from Virginia Tech checked into the game. He had 10 tackles yesterday. Chamari Connor was phenomenal for the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm giving Chamari Connor his flowers here on the drive. You know what, Jawan? I'm here to apologize to you. For the time being, I still reserve the right to be critical in the AFC Championship game. But I was worried about you, big dog. I was. I was very worried. You had 21 penalties this year in 18 games. I was concerned. You were going on the road, that hostile crowd. I I had my reasons. You didn't get penalized yesterday. Now, they threw one flag on you, but it got picked up. I can live with that. I don't care. You can throw all the flags you want. It got picked up. Both tackles held up really well. Donovan Smith was well, was good. Juwan Taylor was good yesterday. Patrick Mahomes didn't get sacked. They ran it for 146 yards, and they didn't have a false start or a hold. In that environment, too? Like that's, winning, that's winning football right there. That's how you win playoff games. I just wanted to spend a little bit of time paying respects to the X-Factors. MVS, you were an X-Factor. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, great game. Shamari Connor, 10 tackles, great game. Jawan Taylor, Donovan Smith, great game for both of you. You are a reason why the Chiefs are advancing to the third round of the AFC playoffs. Salute. That's our celebrating the X-Factors. Did I not hear his name, but does Butker count? Yeah, you can shout him out. Because absolutely, as much as Tyler Bass was shaky warrior, to quote you, going into the game, Very he missed shaky. games against field goals against Pittsburgh. What was the one thing we had constantly heard from Jay Feely, Tracy Wolfson, Tony Romo, everyone on the broadcast, what they keep saying? Boy, it is really windy down here. And when you're going left to right, you have the wind. When you're going the other way, you don't have the wind. Look at that. It moved the ball. It, the wind was Tony Romo's second favorite thing to say yesterday behind. I don't know, Jim. Those are his two go-to things. Harrison Butker was nails in that weather. Absolutely. Tyler Bass, who plays in it constantly, not nails. I uh, I bet Harrison Bucker over one and a half field goals. Cash that first two possessions. Just great day. For those of you that gamble on these things, it's real good when your bet cashes in the second quarter. You can just you're just chilling the rest of the game. It's great. You know that money's gonna hit the account. Oh, it's phenomenal. I loved it. I had a really good day yesterday. I just had a, I just had a good feel for the weekend. Just had a real good feel for everything that was gonna happen. I mean, Butker over one and a half field goals is free money. Yeah, I mean. I, I took it. <laughs> I took I mean, that free money. I wanted it. Give it to me. I know I got a little cooked today on the text line, but we, we knew a red zone issue leading to a field oh, goal yeah, was coming. No. I mean, the sun rose. Red zone issues were back. I mean, they still had red zone issues. They had a fumble in the red zone and kicked two field goals in the red zone. They still had their problems. This is what I said. You make it seem like they got to play perfect football. They did not play perfect yesterday. They played great. They did not play perfect yesterday. First two drives, stalled in the red zone, had a fumble in the red zone, gave up 180 yards rushing. We keep talking about this margin of error like the Chiefs. If they don't play a perfect A-plus brand of football, then how can you advance in the postseason? They 
they were not that yesterday, and they still won. They still went on the road. They still won that game. I know that people are tired of seeing Taylor Swift. I It doesn't bother me, but I know people are tired of it. Bro, every time they show her up in the suite, it just looks like they're having the most amazing time. Like, you, they've never cut to the screen. And you've been like, man, that looks boring. Like, you know, sometimes in those, like, celebrity events, they feel kind of stuffy. Like, I don't want to go to that. Every time I see them, yesterday, they, they've, been, they've been having a ball this postseason. They've been up there dancing. Every time I see a picture of Taylor Swift, she's got a drink in her hand. They look like they're having an amazing time in the suite every single time. She's going to be in Baltimore. What's, you what's wanna know that? how much you she you wanna know how much she loves Travis Kelsey? The first week it was negative one million outside. It was as cold as it's ever been. People were getting frostbite. You know what? I'm gonna put on this custom puffer. I'm gonna go support my man at the game. Went out there, supported her man, went out there, Chiefs won. Second game. I'm bringing my celebrity friends to Buffalo. They had real celebs in the game. You know what? I'm going to just be there, you know. I'm going to keep supporting my man. And then next week, she's going to Baltimore. She has been on a road trip for the last two weeks. She wouldn't do these kind of tour dates on the Eras Tour. She did freezing cold Kansas City, Buffalo in January, and Baltimore in January. That's love. I just want to know what celeb she's going to bring. Because we've had, you know, I assume Kylie and Jason Kelsey are going to be back in the booth. I assume Mama and Papa Kelsey will be back in the booth. And we know those in the box. We know those things. But we've had appearances by in New York. We had Brooke Lively. We had oh, Blake Lively. Excuse me. We had Ryan Reynolds. We had Hugh Jackman. We've now had Carla Delevingne, Jared Carmichael. I mean, I want to know who Taylor Swift is bringing to M&T Bank Stadium next week. I know, everybody. This is potentially to go to the Super Bowl. You know that box is going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. You know what? We haven't talked a whole lot about the other three games from the weekend. Let's do that on the other side, and we'll put a bow on our Chiefs conversation, and we'll let you know some of the things we have planned over the course of the next four days as we get ready for another AFC championship game between the Chiefs and the Ravens. Keep it right here. It's The Drive on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Remember to follow the show on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. You're listening to The Drive. Now CDOT's got one extra point. All right. Let's go through the other three games from the weekend before we sign off for the day. We got a lot of stuff planned over the course of the next couple of weeks. I believe that Nick is going to be on the show this week. He didn't tell me he was going to be on the show yet, but I'm just I'm confident that'll be on the show. I think Jim Nance is going to be on the show this week. I'm working on Mad Dog Russo for this week. You know, it's it's early. It's Monday. You know, it's hard to. It's hard to forecast what Thursday and Friday are going to look like on a Monday. That's you know, tough. Patrick Mahomes been on the show Wednesday. For yeah, those who don't know, we do know that, and we have Aaron Ladd. I mean, if you got Aaron Ladd locked in, I mean, what else? I mean, what else do you need? You know, I mean, that's, shut it down. That's. I mean, that's. I don't know what Petro's doing that segment. He's losing. If you're going up against Aaron Ladd, you might as well, might as well, might as well shut off the frequency. We got Aaron Ladd. What are you doing? Why are you even talking during these next twenty minutes? You shouldn't be. 
Let's start with the Ravens and the Texans. The Ravens, it is better than Houston. Like, I, I, I don't really know what other takeaway I was supposed to have from that game. The Ravens settled in in the second half of the game, and they look like the best team in the National Football League. There is a difference between being a playoff team and a Super Bowl contending team. Houston is a playoff contending team. They had a great season. They were the number two overall pick last year. They won their division. They won a playoff game. They got a great, talented young quarterback. Yo, salute. Salute to them. But there's a difference. We saw that. Lamar has more playoff experience than you do. It really shined through. And he was able to ride the wave and the emotion of playing poorly in the first 30 minutes. It was simple to me. Really, really simple. In the night game between Green Bay and San Francisco, I feel worse about San Francisco than I did when this whole thing started. I didn't tell you guys this because you guys like to get mad at me when I don't pick the Chiefs to win everything ever. But coming into this, I thought that San Francisco was going to win the Super Bowl. I thought they were the best team. Sometimes I just keep my like actual winner to myself, and I just don't tell you guys because it's just it's, it's better for me. I thought they were going to win. I really did. I don't feel that way after watching them two nights ago. I really don't. Their defense isn't nearly as good as I thought it was. And I just, you're telling me Brock Purdy is going to beat Jared Goff and either Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson? And two, no, I'm just, no. I don't know if you can have the worst quarterback and beat three straight playoff teams the way that we're asking San Francisco to do. Do you remember those conversations people in real life had about him being an MVP candidate? He was the MVP favorite in like, the last month. Headed into that game with the Ravens. He was the MVP yeah, favorite. In the last month, that was Christmas. In the last month, Brock Purdy was the favorite to an NFL MVP. It was, it was ridiculous then. It is ridiculous now. It's been ridiculous. So I feel worse about them. And I am telling you right now that I will be betting the, the Detroit Lions plus the seven. And I also will be betting them on the money line. I believe that the Detroit Lions are going to the Super Bowl. So that's, that's, that's number one. Would you say that you think they're going to restore the roar? They are, I mean, I, they've, they've never had it the way they have it right now. I think they're going to the Super Bowl. And then the game between the Lions and Tampa, I, it's kind of the same commentary that I have about Houston. At Tampa, you've had a great season. This is just where your season goes, goes to end. You go on the road to the Lions and, and you lose. You're out. You're done. You're cooked. It's over. That's it. Those are almost all of my thoughts. And I'll tell you guys more thoughts, obviously, between now and the end of the week. But that's almost all the thoughts that I have. Uh, what I would like to leave you guys with before we hand things off to Chiefs Kingdom, and I don't want to let something like the Chiefs postseason run move us away from the fact that KU is not winning the Big 12. Like, I don't want to let what's happening with the Chiefs because eventually their run's going to end and then we're going to start talking college basketball. So I want you guys to know right now that KU is not winning the Big 12 this year. I just want you to know that. I know you guys every year it is your birthright that you guys are going to win it. Not this year. 
They lost to a team on the road that just shot 14%. They lost. KU lost to that team in basketball. I know. It's crazy. Yeah, man. You ain't winning it this year. It's okay. I mean, you guys will still make the tournament. I'm I'm sure you guys will win a game or two in the NCAA tournament. I mean, I'm I'm sure, but uh Yeah, man. Enjoy that three seed you guys got coming. Have you seen that? Uh, it's from the Ain't No Seeds podcast. Ryan Reinhardt, shout out to him. Yeah, shout out to yeah, both of them. Everybody where, uh, on their podcast. Where he tweets out that every January, KU takes a bad loss or two. Fans call him soft, and then Bill Self's going to whip this team into gear. In in that this portion of the season. Uh, yeah, no, it uh, it we did it, it definitely feels that way. I mean, you follow this team certainly much more closely than I do. I mean, they have played. Two road, they played three road games in the Big 12. They have lost two of them, and they only beat Oklahoma State. They got at Iowa State this weekend. You pick it on a win? I want to see how they look tonight. Me and Taylor and Travis are going to have a great time watching the game tonight. The game? I think Travis will be. Yeah, Taylor Taylor can't go nowhere. A lot of college students are. She, I mean, this is, it's not going to go well. It's... I, I'd be even surprised if KU wants her to come, how how distracting it would be if she was sitting courtside at the game. I think it would be really bad for KU if she did that. I, I don't know if it would be enjoyable. All those kids screaming and yelling, their parents, it would be bad. Hey, we got an exciting week planned. I'm excited to be here. Hopefully you are as well. Until tomorrow, take care of yourself, Mr. Drive. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.